One quick thing before, excuse me, Howard, and that is uh, Peyton went 14 for 24, 164 yards, and one interception after that first pass he threw against Pittsburgh that uh, burned him for 80 yards. So after that, his game was somewhat routine. We'll see yeah. if Pittsburgh can do it. Well, Pittsburgh's going to kick their ass. Uh, Does that sound like wishful thinking? That's all it is. A little bit for me, yeah. Right. But I think Pittsburgh can play pa- Not that I don't think the Patriots could beat Indianapolis, I mean, you know, on a perfect day. Oh, you're looking ahead. So yeah, you, that's you right. Well, you have to look going. ahead, just like Belichick was with that uh, Dolphin game. You think he dumped that game? Oh, come on. We've already been through this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Do I think he dumped that game? Everybody says so. Is there any doubt? Meanwhile, everybody around the place is wearing hockey jerseys today. Are they really? Yes, because they're bad wagon jumpers. What Messier. I say about how bad St. Louis is. No, that's that nothing to do oh, with the Panthers. Give me a break. Messier, my ass. I'm so tired well, of him. The Beast is wearing a Bruins jersey. Well, good. He probably hates Mark Messier. Shy is wearing a Messier jersey. Oh, please. Give me a break. That was a big night last night. Well, I'm real happy for you. I didn't see one minute of it. I didn't either. And I told you the Panthers are kicked St. Louis' ass. And let me tell you, if there were 15,800 people in that arena last night, then my name is Ish Kabibble, okay? That was a joke. Ish, I mean, listen, yeah. Ish, they were, uh, were, they were counting arms and legs. They must have been. I mean, you can have all the uh, meetings at the track you want with Alan Cohen. He can tell you all these wonderful, glorious stories about the attendance is way up. And I'm, I'm going to tell you something. There, there are just there are sections where they're like empty, where there's almost no people. They showed a couple of panoramic shots because it was the first game in HD last night. Although I didn't get the HD telecast, but nevertheless, it was uh, pretty pretty slim. There were maybe ten thousand people there. Yeah, there were. They had some. They were on a little bit of an upward turn there for a while. Not that there's any St. Louis fans, of course, and of course the same thing will happen tomorrow. But even worse, because the Columbus Straightjackets. I mean, there's no Columbus fans in just about anywhere except in Columbus. Yeah. So your close personal friend Rimmer will be in town. Yeah, in town right seen now. Him in a long time. Take, he can take you and the George to that lunch he was going to buy you guys. He's going to take us to lunch? <laughs> no, just a joke. Oh. But Columbus really sucks, so the Panthers are probably when I'm thinking like four nothing or four one tomorrow night. Not Maybe a great restaurant one. town. What's that, Columbus? Columbus? They have a Ruth Chris there. A rumor told me. I guess Doug McLean's been feeding him pretty good. Ah. Oh, so I saw a movie last night that maybe you saw. Probably not though. Anthony Hopkins and uh, Nicole Kidman and Ed. Um, what's his name? No. Ed Norton. Ed Norton. Norton. Yeah. The Human Stain. I haven't seen it. I missed the first half of it. The first, no, the first half hour of it. I saw the rest. It was pretty good. It's about a guy, about a young black guy who's very, very light-complected, who passes for white. He's a boxer as a kid. Yeah. And then he becomes a college professor, and uh, and he got he, he got to where he was based on the fact that he lied all his life. He pretended he was white as a boxer, and then he got in the Navy, checked off he was white, and uh, so he goes through life pretending he's Jewish. I don't want to spoil the movie, though. Okay. Nicole, let's see. You get boobies with Nicole Kidman in there, and then there's uh, the scene, the flashback where he was a young man. His other girlfriend is like full frontal nudity. So so there you go. There's a hook to get some of you perverts involved. Pretty good movie. I, I wouldn't go see to, just to see Nicole Kidman. She, I was, was, she's, she was very good in that, though. She's she good actress. She really, oh, she was great in that. And she yeah. actually looked good in this movie, too. I know that's shocking, but she looked pretty good. Speaking of not looking good, there was... Uh, a little article today about. Did you see what that uh, that Russian 
the guy Zhirinovsky uh, said about Condoleezza Rice? No, I did not. Cond Condoleezza? Condoleezza. No, I didn't see it. Said that uh, if she has no man by her side or her age, you she's got a problem. She needs a company of soldiers. She needs to be taken to barracks where she would be satisfied. Oh, yeah. Condoleezza Rice is a very cruel, offended woman. <laughs> now, this is not Neil talking. This is Zhirinovsky, a Russian. Right. And uh, he's ticked off at her. Why doesn't he just come right out and say she's just a hostile, nasty bulldike? Just like all those nuns that the Catholics got disciplined by in school. Let's play the original Condoleezza now. What do you say? <laughs> no, I guess not. Even with the new management, we're not going to be playing the unexpurgated version of Condoleezza. No, I just thought... Yeah, it, just by the way, uh, if you want to see that, it's in today's Daily News. I don't want to see it. Okay. I don't want to get all depressed. I don't want to hear about Condoleezza. We got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Got Sam Alito's going to take the court 100 yards to the right. That's a that's a living sense. Bye bye uh, bye bye Roe v Wade. Bye bye. Uh, I think the 64 Civil Rights Act probably go down the drain too. I thought it was the kind of rights act. very smart tactic on his part to bring his wife in there to have her cry in front yeah. of the Senate. Oh gee, she's so offended and so. And, and you know, the best part of it is she didn't break out into tears until Lindsey Graham started defending him. That was uh, maybe that's what she was crying about. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, Lindsey Graham, like a story I had the other day, he's one of the guys that was coaching him in the White House on how to answer the question. So yeah. isn't that appropriate that he should be sitting there on a committee and getting all indignant and outraged about all these attacks on his character? and all this, uh, Just all a dog and pony show. And Sam Biden, or Joe Biden, whatever his name is this week, he did change his name. Joe Biden's right. It's uh, you know, Joe just a waste of time. Joe yeah. Don't you remember when he was running for president the first time, which he's going to run again uh, in 2008? Maybe. Don't you remember there was some, some scandal about how he had uh, changed his name? I don't remember what it was. Uh, Probably something, you know, something innocuous like Saul Rabinowitz or something like that. He he always changes his mind about running. No, oh, yeah, he's a waffler. He's a real waffler. Yep. Him and Kerry. And then Hillary, of course, she's, she's another one. She's leaning so far to the right now that she may fall off the edge of the planet. Speaking, yeah. of, speaking to the ice princess, another dyke. I say let's give Bubba another shot. That's what I'm thinking. That'd be fine with me. Yeah, bring him back, give him another uh, shot at it, get it right this time. And we can actually have, give Monica her own orifice right there in the White House. <laughs> yeah, move her right in. Move the NRA out and move Monica back in. I think she's eating Europe right now. <laughs> yeah, no, Ariel Sharon already chewed off most of it. Well, she's, yeah. got him, she's taking the leftovers. And they're surprised that Jerome's not responding. I can't imagine why they're surprised. See, they lied about it after his first uh, stroke. They lied about that because of the political consequences. They're just, he's, he's, you know, something he's probably dead already. I mean, anybody that's got like a tray of 16 bagels sitting a foot away from his bedside and he's not reaching for them, well, they're in saying case, that he could, he's uh, dead. That he could run again. Yeah. Well, maybe, well, in, Chi maybe in Chicago. It was good enough for uh, that guy in Missouri. What the hell was it? His wife became the uh, yeah. governor. For a while. Senator. Yep. He could run. One just can't walk. The dead, huh? The dead man that beat John Ascroft for senator a few years ago. You remember that? I know. But he could run He could run for mayor of Chicago. He can, George, we talked over. George said he can run. He just yeah, can't I walk. Yeah, I heard it. <laughs> I tried to ignore it. <laughs> that was really insensitive. Well, what do you expect from a little uh, Julio, huh? From a little Spick. So what's up uh, for the weekend? Tomorrow... Tomorrow morning, bright and early, uh, it's uh, Woodbine. Try to get some of my money back. And then Monday I have off because it's Martin Luther King Day. And as a result, I'll again be making a venture out there. There's I could a, lose uh, a lot of money this week. There's a good card at Santa Anita tomorrow. Really? Yes. 
Tyler Bay's riding? Yeah. He ever he ever win another race? <laughs> Boy, he sure uh, fell off the edge of the globe. Yeah, Speaking he of won that. some races. Wow. But uh, they've got uh, the two-year-old Breeders' Cup winner who's making his three-year-old debut tomorrow, Merv Griffin's horse. Merv Griffin's got a horse, huh? Yeah, a good one. Hey, Merv. You fairy. Yeah. <laughs> Who's he kidding, huh? Yeah. Oh, boy. Wait, he was, uh, which Gabor sister was? Uh, his... now, he, was, he, was uh, he was hooked up with a pig, not with Ava. It was uh, the pig. Ava. Ava. It was Ava. Yeah, yeah, right. For show. You're correct. Two for the money and three for show. And anyway, the name of the horse is Stevie Wonderboy. Oh, that, I'm surprised. I thought it would be called Denny Terrio. <laughs> but anyway, enough of that crap. Yeah. I'll say one thing, man. There's a, a guy with no talent. He reminds me of Russ Oasis on a much bigger scale. A guy with no talent that made, that struck it rich, that made big bucks. Did I ever tell you, you see about what I'm the, saying? the night when I was uh, used to be in advertising? I went to a media... A presentation from Channel 7 where they were showing the NBC. They were NBC at the time. Mm -hmm. Fall preview. And Russ Oasis and Joey Carr got into a fist fight at the party. Really? Who would you root for in that <laughs> Oh, I'd root for a draw. And That's uh, hysterical. They got into a fist fight? Yeah. Joey Carr dining and dancing. Is he still alive? No. He no. no? He died. Good. Now, it's funny. His brother's name was Steve Cohen, and his name was Joey Carr. Yeah, I, wonder yes. which, I wonder which one changed Steve their changed name. his name. <laughs> it should be Steve Carr. I thought he could get ahead here. <laughs> right. And their uh, other brother, Racing Carr. Yeah. Oh, brother. Joey Carr. Remember that one spot uh, is till the day they stick my ass in the ground. And by the way, that caller, I'll let you know when it's going to be. Uh, I'll never forget that spot. Dining and dancing, and he's like swinging from side to side. At that time, he was like 140 years old, Joey Carr. I know it was about, one of, one of them accused Joey. I, uh, Joey accused Russ Oasis of stealing a client of his. Yeah. And, and that's, what started, the, that's over. what started well, I wish I had seen that. Yeah. But anyway, getting back to Merv Griffin, he's, you know, that Jeopardy thing and Wheel of Fortune. Here's a guy with no talent. He couldn't sing. He couldn't act. He couldn't. He played. He tinkled the piano a little bit, and that was about it. And uh, what was that song? I got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Yes, that was his big hit. Right. You know, novelty record. Yep. And uh, then he had. It was a terrible interviewer, and he used to like. Uh... Yeah, he was just awful. And then he uh, came up with these two quiz shows. You got and here they are still on the air. He's still making billions off of that. Uh, he owns a lot of good racehorses. Does he really? Yeah, I mean, it's well, well, you know, obviously they're expensive ones. Mm-hmm. But he's had a couple of champions. Well, I'm real happy for him. I'll be betting on Denny Terrio myself. Supports the breed. I'm sure he does. Well, listen. On that note, uh, yes. win at least at least uh, ten grand tomorrow would be good for the weekend. It'll keep you going through next week, man. I'll be fresh because I haven't played in a few days. Good. I'll be uh, refreshing after a Wednesday. I'll be trying to get a little bit of it back, siphon it back into my pocket. All right. Well, you have a good weekend. And back to you. And All see right. you Tuesday, by the way. Don't forget, Happy Martin Luther King Day. Oh, that's right. I'll be here Monday. You won't be. That's correct. Okay. I'll talk to you Tuesday. Friday, you bastard.
Brad Pitt God. I think you enjoy the human stain with Anthony Hopkins and uh, Nicole Kidman. Uh, a lot of nudity in there, like I said. You enjoy right. that part. Missed the sure first half hour, though. I should probably go out and get the uh, DVD and stuff in my BVDs, and then, like, after I'm done watching, I can uh, send it to you. See, it's been on the cable, and I've been avoiding it. But that's Why is that? I Why did you avoid it? I didn't know she got naked. Is it a racial thing with you? Is that it? You knew no, that he was a very light complected black guy? Yeah, you know, and I looked up the actor that played the young uh, Anthony Hopkins uh, character, whatever, the young professor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's a very interesting guy, and he's like of uh, Portuguese and Syrian and like about ten other different. He was and he was born in England, so even though you're telling I me mean, there Syrian? was like lacking credibility with Anthony Hopkins with oh, his British British said. accent, and this movie didn't have a British accent. I see. That's number one, and number two, at least as a young man, he was the the actor was born in England. Well, he's one of my all-time favorites, so I should see it. Yeah, you ought to see it. Maybe my second favorite actor. Anyway, speaking of pizza burglars, I think we start with some a little bit of light today. Yeah. Cedar Rapids, Iowa, a burglar who kicked in the back door of a restaurant must have worked up an appetite. Police said the person who broke into the Garden Palace overnight Monday baked themselves a sausage and beef pizza before they left. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, why That's not? There's good. nobody around. I got to work. I noticed my pizza oven was on, said Daryl Rundell, the restaurant's owner. My back door was busted. I came back to the kitchen, saw dirty dishes in my sink. We had cleaned up the night before, and there were no dishes in the sink. Well, at least the guy was polite enough to put the dishes in the sink. On the dirty pizza pans, he found sausage and beef. He also discovered that buns, pizza crust, and sauce, hot dogs, beef, and Italian sausage, sandwich meats, and about eight pounds of cheese had been taken. The restaurant, which opened December 7th, has already had three break-ins, he said. December 7th is only the uh, Friday the 13th of January. He said the first break-in was on December 8th, and in that case, the intruder also made a pizza. The second break-in on Christmas Eve resulted in the theft of seven cases of muffins. Maybe it was Santa Claus. Rondell said, my menu's got reasonable prices. With my prices, they shouldn't have to steal crap. Something like that. A, a, a pizza burglar that actually was uh, cooking himself a pizza while he was uh, running off with a bunch of crap. Nothing worse than a do, 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 do. pizza burglar, if you ask me. Twelve minutes past ten. At five, it is Friday the 13th. Now, what are we supposed to make of that? Uh, and a full moon, the chicken. full moon, I think, is tomorrow. Wow. So, boy, you put those ingredients together, and it just uh, bodes really uh, ominous. What do you think? You know what that means. Nothing. Omnis. We used to have a uh, traffic lady named Omnis Acevedo. I'm trying to think. Was that really? an I-N-Z? Yeah, Omnis. Wasn't she on that show with Alistair Sim, Omnis? And then, of course, there was the traffic lady at uh, Paxson. One thing I will say about Paxson, I'm just rambling today. I just feel like it. Yeah. Uh, Paxson actually ran IOD more like a business than Cox. You know what I'm saying? Remember when I, yes. was, the log was full? They knew how to sell the shows. Yes. They liked. They actually liked the shows that... Uh, except for uh, Paxton's wife, of course, who hated me like poison. But other than that, and they were like more like business-like. And so I see a, relation, a direct correlation between the transfer from Cox Broadcasting to Paxton IOD uh, from uh, the Greg Reed regime to now Joe Bell, who's really swell, and et cetera and so on. Right? Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, I do. In other words, more like a real business as opposed to like a uh, fraternity or a country club where a lot of uh, charity cases hang on. 
10-13 at 560 WQM. So on Monday, we're going to have those Aerosmith tickets to give away. Don't, uh, don't get all whipped up today. We have uh, five pair of Aerosmith tickets at the Bank Atlantic Center, the Yenta Renta. See, that's my fault because I'm so in the habit of calling it by that name. And uh, there, I guess there is a Bank United Center. What is that? There is. There is not? I don't think the Josh misspoke yesterday. That's oh. Just like I said, they'll be at the Bank United Center. And the concert is when? It's next uh, the 19th. That's next Thursday, right? Aerosmith? I don't know. Boy, I tell you, if I was there, I would uh, I guess I'd get together with Jeff Cohen and we'd go out and get Stone to go see Aerosmith. Well, I guess the Convocation Center is now the Bank United Center where the Hurricanes play. Oh, the Hurricanes. Well, that's a horse of a different feather. That's in Dade County. It's not even in the right county. Aerosmith ain't going to Dade County. You can be sure of that. And when you're shopping for shoes, where do you want to go? You want to go to Brandy Shoes in Pompano Beach. I've been telling you about these folks for about 100 years now. So always do the smart thing and go to Brandy's because they have an unbeatable combination. They've got the best selection of name-brand shoes. They make sure that you get a perfect fit because their sales holes really know your feet inside and out, and they give you the best prices in town. What's not to like? All the major brands are waiting for you at Brandy's, Florsheim, Echo, Rockport, Mephisto, New Balance, SAS, all the others. And like I said, Brandy's professional shoe fitters will make sure you have a perfect fit every time. Just ask for Arnie. He'll take good care of you. And Brandy's even specialize in wide widths. Don't forget, as you get older, your feet get fatter. You probably do, and your feet get fatter as well, so be sure to have them check that out. Brandy's is worth the trip from just about anywhere in town. For comfort, style, fit, value, and selection, they are absolutely unbeatable. Brandy Shoes, 1290 North Federal Highway in Pompano Beach, open Monday through Saturday till 9, Sundays till 5. And this week is a sensational time, even better than ordinary, to buy Rockports at Brandy's. Visit Brandy's today and take 10 to 20 bucks off their great Rockport selection. Only this week and only at Brandy Shoes in Pompano Beach. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. On the next Oprah, you'll be shocked. You'll be amazed. You'll be talking about it for the next however long until she shocks you again. Oprah makes your wildest dreams come true. Today, everyone in the studio audience... All 276 members get a brand new liver. Everybody gets a liver! Everybody gets a liver! Then, tomorrow, all 276 studio audience members get a brand new uvula. The next day, all 276 members of the studio audience get a three-foot helper monkey. Everybody gets a three-foot helper monkey. Everybody gets a three-foot helper monkey. The next day, all 276 audience members get a new prosthetic arm. Everybody gets a prosthetic arm. Everybody gets a prosthetic arm. Oh, giving away great stuff she didn't have to pay for, even though she could easily afford to. And next season, everybody in the studio audience gets Stedman. Everybody gets Stedman! Everybody gets Stedman! Oh, she almost uh, died in a plane crash, Oprah. Were you aware of that? There was a big scare. The windshield got cracked, and then she no. uh, seen she seen the light, so now she's going to marry Stedman. Because uh, yeah. she's so uh, feared of dying now. I see. She ought to be feared of her guests, too, like that uh, book club author. At any rate, uh, we'll get to that eventually, because those are the only two things we ought to be concerned about. Is uh, Angelina Jolie uh, really pregnant? And is uh, Oprah's, uh, was that book a fake? Which, of course, it was. Yeah. yeah. And are there really that many millions of uh, gullible women in America? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if Oprah says fart, man, they're all squeezing real hard. It's just uh, incredible. You can smell it. 
Now, this story that you somebody faxed in, were you just testing the fax machine, or was this... Uh, that, yeah, that was one of the faxes that came in yesterday when I yeah. didn't fax you. And, uh, yeah. It would be a little more interesting if it said something here about where it was, but I guess it's generic. It's from Yahoo News, so you can't expect too much. Fetuses don't count as passengers when it comes to determining who may drive in a carpool lane, a judge ruled. A judge somewhere in the USA. Candace Dixon was fined 367 bucks for improper use of a carpool lane, but contended the fetus inside her womb allowed her to use the lane. Motorists to use the lanes normally must carry at least one passenger during weekday rush hours. Municipal Judge Dennis Freeman rejected Dickinson's argument this week, applying a common-sense definition in which an individual is someone who occupies a separate and distinct space in a vehicle. Well, maybe we could use that for uh, to replace Roe v. Wade. That's a good point. Because it's kind of hard for the uh, fetus to replace uh, a separate and uh, whatever. The law is meant to fill empty space in a vehicle, the judge said. Sergeant Dave Norton, I wonder if he's kin to Ed Norton, Stop Dickinson's car November 8th. When asked how many people were in the car, Dickinson said two, pointing to the obvious pregnancy. Norton said Dickinson's theory would require police to carry guns, radios, and pregnancy testers. I don't think we want to go there. Don't even go there. Girlfriend. Want to go there? No. So we don't know where that was, but it was somewhere. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. Maybe we could uh, count a zygote as a passenger now, too. Right. Uh, I, I was actually telling you about that Oprah thing. I'm glad you already heard about it. Uh, wait, 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 I'm glad you already heard about it. My God, you, even on the comedy channel, it's on there. It's everywhere. On the uh, sci-fi channel. I just channel. read it online on the Internet this morning. I didn't know about it. They're making the rounds. This uh, phony author, he's been on every show. And then the guy from the smokinggun.com that outed him, he's, uh, he's on all the time. That guy was on an interview on that uh, other station, that sports station with uh, LeBastard. Le yeah, and Bob was kissing his ass, telling him, oh, you know, you've been through so much, and hey, what do you think about uh, Michael Irvin's drug problem? And he's, you know, he's asking him like a real, like a real former drug addict. The guy's a fake. He's a phony. Right. So is Lee Bastard. Well, All right, Leo, have a Don't good day. Don't make that mistake. No more radio accidents, man. Here when the Mad Dog is on, this guy's listening to Dan LeBastard. And what the hell does that have to do with sports? Well, they really are desperate. I can't wait for that next trend to come out when it got a oh, point. Oh, I mean, nobody's perfect, but I think they can do it. I think they can, like, flatline right at oh, the point. Oh, Just like Alistair in uh, Passions. They're flatlining it. Okay, let me give that point. You know something? I got this. Oh, about the green glowing pigs. Did you see that story? No. I got another really good pile today, but I'm just, I'm in the mood. I'm going to want to take a thousand calls today. Because I, I got this big three-day weekend coming up. You know, it's like a holiday. I just can't get over it. I still can't. I can't believe how many things have changed in such, such a short time. Yes, at QAM, just really a breath of fresh air. As, as stale as that expression is, it's a breath of fresh air. Sixteen hundred and forty-five votes. What did you hate most about your childhood? Getting dragged to church. Two seventy. Just look at all those getchkis over there. Almost four hundred people got killed. Four hundred Muslims with those uh, uh, shmatas on, because somebody dropped their luggage. Oh, well, it was a chain reaction, and they are right. <laughs> They're all stuck into the hodge so they can stone the uh, the, the devil. <laughs> yeah, the devil's stoned. He's got to be to be doing all these evil things. And I still say, well, how come God lets uh, the devil hang around and do all these evil things? Well, just for fun. Yeah. Imagine how boring it would be if we didn't have nasty stuff going on. That's right. Peace and tranquility and love and Hey, if the devil kindness. didn't do it, I would. Getting dragged to church, 270, that was a real pain in the grass. My uh, childhood was great, 232. It's a good thing I put that on there for people with no complaints. Not having money, 207. School, 203. I don't have no problem with school. Getting bullied, and of course in upstate New York, when it snows all, all winter long, like every other day, it has off from school anyway, so it's not to like. Uh, getting bullied, 186. I hate this poll, 102. We've been remiss in not putting that on every poll. 
as a place for some of you to go. Getting dragged to visit relatives, 96. My parents, 84. Boy, they were um, parentally challenged. Getting picked last for sports, 70. Being abused, 66. Spankings, 41. Being treated like an infant, 34. Mom's cooking, 20. My neighbor, my hood, the old hood, 19. And going hungry, hungry only 15. Yeah, I've seen most of these people in the audience, believe me. Most of them don't look like they ever went hungry. You know what I'm saying? And you forgot to remind Hank about getting that glucometer, that uh, uh, blood sugar. Me? Thing. Yeah. I've tried already. He won't listen to me. Like it, so he's going to listen to me. No, but I just at least you can give it a shot if you cared. If WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. I didn't get a chance to call yesterday, but I remember George trying to describe uh, the color of Sydney Portier. Right. Purple. 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 No, I don't think so. Oh, he's, he's. I think he's probably whatever whatever the shade is between black and purple. He's that. He's that dark. Very dark skin. Huh? Indigo. He's good to go or indigo? <laughs> Five, six, seven. So Merv Griffin's got a bunch of horses. I didn't know that. Well, I, hey, Merv. You fairy. I noticed Hank was chortling when I said that because, I mean, everybody knows. Come on, Merv, you're fooling anybody you got here. You're a multi-billionaire. Come out, come out wherever you are and quit suing people like poor Denny Terrio, you know? So sad. All these closeted people. Most of them Republicans, by the way. WQAM, hello. Good morning. So, Except for Rob Lowe. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'd love to take a bat to those two punks that beat up those homeless people. Yeah, how do you like that? I, I say uh, I'd like to pull the switch. Let's uh, crank up old Sparky again. I'll race you. I'll race you to the switch. Yeah, what kind of scum, what kind of slime goes around doing stuff like that? Defenseless, poor homeless people. Although when you come right down to it, those homeless people are a pain in the grass. But nevertheless... No, seriously, what, what, what kind of uh, garbage is there? We've got too much human garbage. Right. Can't In fact, they had a story about the uh, American population is right on the verge. Any day now, we're going to hit the 300 million mark. Forced sterilization, okay? Zero population growth, ZPG, all of these uh, radical ideas. That's where it's at. And you know what it has to do with? Oh, don't say those words. Quality of life. Oh, geez. There's that secular humanist crap again. Quality of life. The right-wingers get psychotic when you say that. Because just like the Pope, all they're interested in is quantity of life. Like like rabbits, you know, like uh, ants, like roaches in your ashtray. And boy, there sure are a lot. 27 past 10 at 560 WQM. Happy New Year from the fine folks at Armstrong Ford of Homestead. 2005 was a stupendous year for them, and thousands of new customers took advantage of the Neal deal and bought their new Ford from Armstrong Ford. Why do people shop there? It's easy. Armstrong Ford guarantees you a great price, great service after the sale, and that personal touch, they'll actually touch you, that comes from a local family-owned dealership. Pick up the phone right now and call General Manager David Rich at 305-247-5112. When you buy a new Ford from Armstrong Ford Homestead, you also get, as I've been telling you for a very long time now, their exclusive Tires and Batteries for Life program. That's right. When you buy an Armstrong Ford, they give you free Tires and Batteries for the life of your car. That could save you a lot of money right there, thousands. David Rich and his staff will guarantee you won't find a better price any place in town. And because they're locally owned and operated, you know the rest. They'll treat you just like with velvet gloves. They'll treat you like family because they want to see you again and again for life. No bait and switch, no phony sales. So start the year off right with a great new Ford and a fantastic unbeatable deal. From our friend David Rich and his staff at Armstrong Ford Homestead, you'll find them at 30725 South Dixie Highway. 20 east minutes south of the 836. On the web, it's armstrongcars.com. But better yet, drive a few miles extra, get on that Hershey Highway, and save thousands at Armstrong Ford of Homestead. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. 
only in the Banana Republic, baby. Only in Miami. Coming up tonight on Inside the Behind the True Hollywood Celebrity Music Biography Profile Story. They were one of the biggest alternative bands of the 80s and 90s, despite the fact that their lead singer was dead the entire time. They were the cure. I don't care about you, it's Oh yeah, I've been dead since 1981. I was depressed at first, but I think I made it work for me. The Cure's frontman, Robert Smith, was a ghoulish figure with pale white face and shocking Edward Scissorhands hair. Well, I mean, it's a bit of a drag. We went through a lot of personnel changes in the band, you know, with my having to gradually suck their brains out with a straw for nourishment. Sure, I could see that. Of course, this was the 80s, so as they had more and more of their brains sucked out, the music got better. Makes sense. Basically... I didn't want a little thing like being dead to get in the way of my main goal. Which was what? Writing it songs and banging lots of crumpet. That's necrophilia. Well, for them, yeah. Not for me. I was already dead. I never looked at it that way. Oh, sure. It ain't necrophilia if you're already dead. I mean, at worst, I'm guilty of what? Uh, alive-ophilia. Uh, you're pretty on top of it for a dead guy. And listen, mate. I am still the one, the only, the original walking corpse. Eat my smoke, Michael Jackson. The Cure. Hey, we would never have had those hot, slutty goth chicks without them. It's a big, juicy, sopping wet look at show business. Tonight, on Inside the Behind. So, speaking of movies, did you ever see Secret Window finally with Johnny Depp or not? No. Oh, well, there's another one maybe uh, you ought to get. Okay, good. In fact, it reminds me, it reminds me a little bit of The Shining, only actually a good story. All right. I don't want to ruin it for you, no, but no. it's... Uh, oh, okay. There's so many, you know, I thought you were the movie expert, and I come to find out I'm seeing, well, actually, the reason being, I keep uh, channel surfing at night, and I keep finding all these right. interesting movies, like the that. one Prime of Fear. It depends on what you come across. And, and then The Human Stain last night was already 30 minutes in, but I saw it had three stars, and it had Anthony Hopkins and uh, Nicole Kidman. I thought, well, this probably is going to be pretty good. And I, I thought it was. You wouldn't I, like the ending, though, but nevertheless. I thought of one the other day that, uh, that you might like, and I'll see if yes. I can find it for you. The Straight Story. That's not what you think. Gay. Yeah. No, no, it's not. The straight story? What's yeah. it about? It's about an old guy who rides a ride-on lawnmower across, old straight the country, guy, yeah. Yeah, across the country to visit his dying brother. Oh, that sounds really uplifting to it's, me. Uh, I'll no. be sure and have a piece ready while I'm watching that. Uh, Movies to blow your brains out by. No, no. It's so depressing no, no. and morbid. It's heartwarming. Is it really? It warms it right up. Eh, I don't know. Who's in it? Uh, some old guy and some other old guy. Oh. WQAM, hello. George. Yeah. No. Hello? George. Yeah. Yes? you got to get husky if you want to sound like that. What? George. <laughs> God almighty, are you an idiot. <laughs> Did you practice for this or what? Huh? George. Yeah, George my ass. I, I told you these calls are great. Do you wonder why South Florida is in the shape that oh, it is? Oh, I don't is? wonder. Not this at all. This is a microchasm of uh, what South Florida is all about, and it has been for years now. For like... About 30, man. Yeah. Even going back to the days when I was talking to people over in Methuselah. That, that's uh, South Florida for you, man. The early birds that were going to steal the sweet and the low and the uh, silverware. I'll never forget that one guy. He was serious, too. It was an INZ uh, show. This old fart calls, and I was screaming about the uh, old cockers stealing the, uh, putting pumpernicks out of business and all the other restaurants and all the stuff they steal. And I mentioned about there was a story that they had stolen the silverware. They were stealing the knives and putting them in their bags. And he calls me up and says, well, why not? 
In other words, I guess he assumed right. that the price of the early bird dinner also included the plates, the uh, silverware, anything that wasn't tied down. Well, they're going to be dying soon. He was entitled to stick right. in his sack, which he probably had one, in his bag. WQAM, hello. Captain Dave. I want to talk to Captain Dave. Yeah, he's on the floor. Captain Dave! <laughs> That's the open guy. Idiot. Uh, Another idiot. Uh, WQAM, hello. Onyx is the color you're looking for, Neil. Onyx, that's it. Yeah, okay, thanks, Reverend Schmuck. Oh, actually, uh, maybe that's where that movie, The Color Purple, speaking of Oprah, where that came from, because I don't know what that's all about. The Color Purple? Yeah, what about it? Does that have to do with Whoopi Goldberg? Well, I think she's in it. I don't know, because I can't look at her. WQAM, hello. Hello? Yes, sir. Yeah, good morning, Neil. Yes. Hey, man, uh, I was wondering if I could have those Aerosmith tickets. No. Right. That's on Monday, schmuck. Let me say it again. It's on Monday. We're not going to be doing it on the air. It'll be one of those things you call the uh, private right. line Thank goodness and uh, call up Vanna and Pat. And maybe if they're in a good mood, they'll give me a quit the bugging me for freebies, you jackass, you idiot. You fairy. God. All you got to do is mention it's been that. That's the main reason we stopped giving stuff away because it just totally destroys the show. And you got a bunch of freeloaders who are after, who, who contribute nothing the rest of the time. And then they just uh, all of a sudden they're all they're all sweetness. Oh, yeah, please have the ticket. No. No, you can't. WQAM, hello. Aerosmith free ticket line, hello. Uh, hi, Neil. Um, hi, George. That Yo. movie, uh, The Straight Story, it really Yo. is very good. Uh, here's the weird thing about it. Uh, George, you know who directed that? No. David Lynch. Huh. It's hmm. not believable. It. I mean, it's such a, uh, a normal... Right. Uh, yeah, out of, his, uh, yeah. out of his ordinary genre, yeah. Yeah. And what the about The Human Stain? Did you see that? Right? What, what's that? Did you see the human stain? No, I didn't. But it sounds uh, sounds like something I'd like to watch. It's been really interesting. I think you'd like it. I've been avoiding it like George for no good reason. But Why? I'll, uh, I'll watch it now. Because it's got some dark folks in it. Is that it? It's a title. Racial with me. No, I just it just I didn't know what it was about. Uh, but also, the guy in the straight story is Robert Farnsworth. Is the actor? Okay. He's, uh, he's, he would play that guy, one of the baseball coaches with Wilford Grimley in that, uh, that, that, uh, baseball movie, you know, that Redford plays the guy. Oh, the God. Guy. Oh, please. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Thanks a lot. That did it for me. The baseball movie with Robert Redford. What was it? Field of Dreams or one of those syrupy, uh, sappy? Oh, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a Robert Redford fan. Never have been. Now, All the President's Men was uh, a good movie only, not because he was in it, only because it was about Woodward and Bernstein. And then, of course, we found out that Bob Woodward's a real dullard who's very pedantic and kisses George Bush's ass. But other than that... It was The Natural, by the way. Oh, The Natural. Well, it was the same thing, Field of Dreams, all that same old crap. But thanks very much for correcting me on it. Uh, no, I, we got to get it right. I mean, isn't that That's important right. that we get this stuff right? Terribly important. Not really. We don't really care. It's one of those days. It's Friday the 13th, baby. It's come see, come saw, whatever goes. I got so many good stories here, including the green glowing pigs and uh, homeless advocates called Sarasota, the meanest city in the USA. You know, it's funny. I worked in Sarasota, WSPB, which is no longer that anymore, uh, 1973, about 30 years ago. About 30, man. 32, to be exact. And back then, I remember it was being called the city of hate. Because back during the uh, racially segregated days, I mean, they were really... Uh, uh, in fact, there was that dog track, I think the one in Bradenton, or was it in Sarasota? Do they have one, too? Whatever the hell it was. And they had, like, segregated uh, bathrooms and water fountains, and not that they were alone, but it was just a very hateful city. So I guess it kind of, you know, a logical progression to eventually go from Sarasota to uh, South Florida. Wouldn't you think? I would think. A city of hate. 
<laughs> like that. How do, you, how do you measure hate? I guess you listen to the show. Right, with a hateometer. <laughs> you listen to the show and you hear a lot of it. WQAM, hello. QAM. Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, how you doing? All right. Oh, man, I haven't spoke to you in years. Yeah, it sounds like uh, the uh, veggie the, uh, from Boca. Or maybe, yeah. uh, or maybe the uh, salad guy. Oh, man, wood. you're a breath of fresh air. Don't tell me this is Marcello. Down here. No, no, it's Chris from Hialeah. Oh, Chris from Hialeah. Who the hell yeah, are you? Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, can you teach me how to doy, doy, doy? Yeah. We have we have doing lessons uh, starting Monday at uh, 10 a.m. Okay, be tuning in for that. George is going to give a doy 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 Sign up right outside the doy. Now, okay, thanks. That was Chris and Hialeah, by the way. Just uh, catch him and beat the crap out of him. With a bat. Hey, he was good. 20 before 11 at 560 WQM. Who says that Friday the 13th has to be unlucky? Not when you go to Pompano Park Racing and Poker. Come out and get lucky today, Friday the 13th at Pompano Park. There will be free prize drawings just to show you how lucky you might be. And you could win a trip for two to the Isla Capri, our Lucaya Resort, or maybe a 20-inch flat-screen TV with a built-in DVD and VHS player, or maybe a betting voucher or dinner certificate. You must be 21 years of age or older to enter. And if that's not lucky enough, the first 500 patrons will get a free Lucky Rabbit's Foot keychain. That's two-day, Friday the 13th at Pompano Park, where they always feature free admission, free general parking every day of your life. Live harness racing in the poker room are open every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Poker gets underway at noon, and live racing gets underway nightly, including tonight at 7 25 and a p.m. And don't forget, every Monday night at Pompano Park, there's a two for $25 dinner special in the Top of the Park restaurant on the sixth floor. And every Wednesday night is dollar night for draft beer, soda, hot dogs, and lots more, just a buck. Pompano Park is also open every day, seven days and nights a week, for simulcasting with the best in harness thoroughbred highlight action from all across North America for you to watch and plunge your guts on. And don't forget, of course, coming soon, slots. Look for a uh, friendly machine, Mon. Pompano Park, a block south of Atlantic Boulevard on Powerline Road for the new racing schedule, 954-972-2000, or on the Wicked Web, it's pompanopark.com. Don't forget that poker room opens at noon today, live racing, 725 tonight at Pompino Park. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Hi, this is Larry King, and they don't come any better than Neil Rogers. Who's back? Larry. Oh, can I hear him now? Larry. I'm here. Oh, there you go. I can almost hear you now. I'm going to move around the plane. Yeah. Well, don't okay. move too much. I don't understand how astronauts could talk from the moon, and I can't talk from the plane. Yeah. Sounds like the plane landed. Anyway, no, we're still I'm looking out over the Rockies. You're, you're still in the air? I'm in the air. How about the plane? Good question, Neil. <laughs> Now, you didn't really say... The worst talk radio I've ever heard in my life was on WIOD. You didn't really say that, did you? Yeah, I did. I can't believe that station, except for you, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew he loved me. I knew it. I love Neil Rogers. Well, yeah. There's a problem with the station. This is Whenever the... I'm in Miami, first, whoever the general manager is... Bob uh, Green. In fact, uh, Bob, you know something? Bob is still uh, wiping the tears from his eyes from the last conversation. We said we got Larry King on the phone. He's in the other room right now weeping like a woman. <laughs> Seriously, he is. I'm going with Bob Mitzvah. Are you? Uh, In about four or five years, he's not old enough yet. When he makes it, yeah. Then, how, about, uh, how about going to his bris? That would be even better. With the guy in the afternoon does a thousand voices, right? Yeah, Phil Henry. Is, is, he doesn't. He's ashamed of his own. Huh? He's ashamed of his own. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's ashamed of his own <laughs> voice. I'm sure. Yes, he does other voices. Right. Neil, how do you account for twenty years? How do I feel? How do you feel? I feel uh, like Methuselah on a bad day. That's how I feel. 
I feel like I just sat down with you, Cola Katzentine at WKAT, and started my first day. And I went to the First National Bank on Alton Road, and she said, Do you feel rich now, Neil, for 215 bucks a week? That's how I feel. <laughs> Incredible. What was your first break? Listen to this, Larry. I went to work and knocked on doors and got a job at a small radio station in Miami Beach, Florida. I did everything. Was, uh, I was, I did the board, I did jock, I did sports, I did news, I did everything. Cleaned up, cleaned up, cleaned up, I did everything. Is that true? Yeah, when you play those tapes, yeah. obviously it's part of your stick and you have it repeated. Yeah. Why do you do that over and over? For emphasis. We want to make sure they why, why don't you do something new? Our audience is a little bit slow. We want to make sure they catch it the 40th or 50th time. Yeah, 15 years slow. Exactly. Try, try a top 10 list. Okay, top 10. That's good. I'll start ripping off David Letterman. That would be good. That's a reason. <laughs> hey, listen, there's a guy here that wants to talk to you. You're going to pee in your pants right there on the plane when you hear this voice. How are you, Larry? Larry. Again. I said, Larry, how are you? <laughs> How soon they forget. Who is that? Your hockey friend. You? Grimma. Right. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Grim Rimmer. Grimma, what are you doing in that studio? I came to see my good friend Neil Rogers. You're the guy he liked. <laughs> <laughs> and not all that much either, Larry. Don't get carried away. Well, I knew he liked someone. He likes you, Rimmer. Hey, can't beat it. Join it. I know. I thought you'd be here last night. Oh, yeah, now, he, now he's a now he's a Capitals fan. Now he's a Capitals fan. We all of a sudden we they got lucky and got a point. Now it's we. Nice going, Larry. I'm honorary captain of the Caps. Rumor will tell you. Yeah, he is honorary captain. Yeah, yeah you and that Craig Berube, you make a good pair. I'm going to come down in two weeks for spring training, and I'm coming to the Rogers studio. All right. I'll you're, pick you that, up and bring That's it. a deal. I'm, I'm inviting you right now. Anytime you you're in it. town, you I'm come coming, in here. I'm coming. You rate a show. Call me. I'll call her. I'll be there. We'll feed you. We'll get the, from the Villa Deli on, on the Walton Road on the beach. We'll bring you the best deli you've had since that uh, crazy place you keep plugging on the air. And uh, it'll be a real It'll be a picnic. Happy anniversary, Neil. Thanks, Larry. Okay, baby. Okay. Bye, Don't drop. Bye-bye. Don't drop Pat too hard. Wow. Haven't played that in years, you know what? No, I don't. That was for the 20th anniversary. You can only imagine what Larry's going to say this time. He never met an ass he wouldn't kiss. He likes to <laughs> smile. No, he likes seeing that big smile on those two cheeks, you know? I guess he looks at you like sideways. <laughs> he likes looking at you best laying down. Oh, brother. That, that was really something. And, of course, how appropriate, too, that rumor was in there. And the bird. I never right. realized it before, but listening to that uh, bit there, the bird uh. sounded like a woman. <laughs> Didn't he? Sounded like a lady. Yeah, the bird sounded a little bit like a lady. Maybe that's why he liked them boyish and goyish or whatever he used to say. Yeah, I think he no might have been, uh, yeah. I don't know what it is. I think he was, like, asexual, eh? Kind of Canadian. A. Eh? Five six seven oh five sixty pound 560. That was uh, special. Well, i got to play that again uh, in about... Two years. I can't even remember the last time I played that. No, it's been years. And, of course, Cheryl set that whole thing up. And when he was in town, did he ever come into the studio? No. Is he full of crap? Uh, yeah. yeah. That's Fine. Larry. He didn't know you money, did he? No, he did not, thank goodness. But I remember that guy with the dog food. He owed the five grand. And that guy's right. been dead for several years now. Everybody you would talk to, oh, you know Larry King? Well, uh, Larry uh, ripped me off for five grand for this uh, kid's uh, show he was going to put on then, of course, there never was any kid show, but there was a five grand. And then there were all the bad checks in the drawer at Hialeah and Gulfstream Park. All of these... Um, all of these things. 
fact, let me ask kind of like the Pete Rose of broadcasting. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty in the Verizon singular wireless line. Now, I hope he's setting up a whole bunch of phony calls for March first. I ain't doing one crap. Huh? I ain't doing crap. No, I don't. I, ask I, me I, if it's I was. so insincere and it's so fake, you know, and contrived. Oh, you know, happy anniversary, Neil. You know, people I haven't heard from like in twenty years who couldn't give a crap less if you're dead or alive, and they're calling in to kiss your ass. You know, I, I don't yeah. want that. People ask me if I was doing anything, and I said I'm I'm actively doing nothing. What What people ask you that? People that keep interfering in the show. You mean? Uh, no comment. Yeah, who asked you that? Uh, I think at the time it was Duff, right? Oh, yeah. Well, Duff, butt out. Go sell something, okay, sweetheart? Duff, you fairy. And quit the crap. Quit interfering. Just like with that best of, you know, he makes a lot of work for other people, and he, like, uh, washes his hands of it, you know? WQAM, hello. Loan me $50. WQ. <laughs> oh, the Dark Larry King. QAM, hello. Neil, yesterday yes, you were talking about uh, diabetes. Yeah. You know that the cure, the actual cure, is in Argentina. Some doctor down there is uh, taking stem cells from your own body. Yeah. And it's not even a, it's not even a, a, an operation. They, they poke you somehow into they your brain. They poke you? <laughs> but it really works. The FDA doesn't even want to talk to this guy. He's been down here in Miami. Doesn't even want to know this guy's alive. Well, I'm sure of that. Can you imagine all the money these pharmaceuticals will lose with those uh, all those expensive blood strips and all the other crap and the pills and the insulin and that stuff? Oh, my exactly. God. He did the operation on his own stuff, and now from the guy from headquarters, Toyota, the owner, he's down there, and he just did Not the idea. operation two days ago. Well, I'll see you in Buenos Aires, man. I'll be right on down. Wouldn't that be great that I can go back and eat my pizza and sure. spaghetti and stuff like that? Yeah, but what if you don't have enough of a stem to get any cells from? I know stem. WQAM, hello. Who's in the WQAM, hello. Can you play Bring Out the Gayness? No, but we can play this for you. Oops. WQAM, hello. Not there. Okay, see, like I said, I'm going to go to my pile because I thought we'd really... I see, they always throw you in the beginning. Like it's going to really be a wild Friday the 13th and they might have something. And then uh, you find out it's like the same four people over and over and over and over. Oh, brother. Again. I have no life. That crowd. Five, six, seven. I'll give it one more shot that I'm going to go in the 11 o'clock hour because I have a big poll of very important uh, crap today, including uh, the rant by uh, Doug Thompson, your favorite. Bush could seize absolute control of U.S. government. I might even do that before the glowing pigs. It's so important. Muy importante. Line nine. This will be short. QAM, Hello. How about saying something? See what I'm saying? I knew it. Mm -hmm. WQAM, hello. QAM. Hey, Neil. Yes. Hey, I, I love your show. How about a poll for Momo there, like the top ten to where he should go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Momo, moo, moo, mau, mau. Okay, get a life. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes. Yeah, I'm calling about the free tickets, Harold Smith. Yeah. Uh, one of those be available. Him? What about him? Yeah, my line's caller. One by one. Yeah, I'll tell you what you won. Another one of those. we got an endless supply of those today. Schmuck. Get back on a banana boat, okay, before you go to see Aerosmith. Get on a banana boat. Go see Alien first. In fact, give Alien the tickets for Aerosmith. Wouldn't it be something if Alien showed up at one of the local concert? I don't think it'd be Aerosmith. He would just be mobbed. Well, why not? Maybe uh, uh, Celia Cruz. Or uh, Los Van Van. Celia Cruz, man. She's coming back. Her and Carmen Miranda. WQAM, hello. Hi, good morning, Neil. Yes. I was in and out of the house yesterday, and I thought I caught 
uh, I'll listen to someone say something about a uh, memorial service for Skipper Chuck. Yes. Is there such a thing, or was I Yes, there that? is. Monday at 2.30. Well, we got a bad echo on his phone. Monday at 2.30 at the uh, Gardens Memorial Park, 4103 North Military Trail in Boca. Hold on. My goodness. Want to put me over with George so I can get that address and you'll no. get better? No, I'll give it to you again. 4103 North Military Trail in Boca Gardens Memorial Park. It's Monday at 2.30. Gardens Memorial. Right. And, and say hi to Hank when you're there, okay? 5670560. I mean, I think I gave it to her nice and slow about 50 times, and I think at that point. You know what I'm saying? Garden. Well, she didn't want to get it from you, but you don't have it. I, I, to you. I didn't want to give it to her bastard either. anyway. I don't blame you. WQAM, hello. <laughs> hello? <laughs> yeah. Hello? Yeah. Hey, uh, the Love Sponge put in a good word for you on Sirius yesterday. Did Take really? the job. Take the job, man, because yeah. this show here it ain't like it used to be. Yeah, so I know. Get, take the job. Yeah, and once we lost the fart get times, yeah. Side. Okay, take the job. I already got a job, okay? You need a job. You need that lobotomy. They got a sale on him this week at Kmart. Oh, wow, he should apply. Yeah. Bubba the Love Sponge, my ass. <laughs> You know, it's really interesting, but uh, these people on this uh, satellite radio, all of them, including the very, very, very uh, over-promoted ones, they're like fading into oblivion because they've marginalized themselves in the industry. And so while everybody and anybody knows about terrestrial uh, AM and FM and PM and BM, all of this other stuff is just uh, farting in the windstorm, you know? And like I already told you, once you hear those words, the first a few times, it becomes real old and, do I dare say it, stale. Oh, no, stale. That's bad. Nothing worse than being stale. Oh, reports of a possible gunman at Millwee Middle School. Where is this? I just missed where, just by a half a second. A gunman in a school in Seminole County, Florida. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Middle school is locked down in Seminole County in Florida. Some nut job with a gun. This is Neil Rogers. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is 560 QAM. This is the Neil Rogers Show. <laughs> this is the brain. <laughs> Any questions? We're back with Jennifer Aniston. Mm -hmm. She's already had 30 cosmetic procedures, yeah. including breast implants, lips, a brow lift, cheek and lip implants, three nose jobs, a liposuction, and is contemplating more surgery. Mm -hmm. I think you need more. Absolutely. Uh, Corpus Christi, Texas. Hello. Jennifer. Yes. Is your new movie any good? No. No. Not really. So people shouldn't bother paying to see it? Uh, uh-uh. I don't think so. Okay, I won't. East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. My question for Jennifer is, did you sleep with a lot of your co-stars? I did, but not, I mean, not a lot, a lot. With Vince Vaughn, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was great. That's important. Oh, yeah. Jennifer Aniston, the film is... It's true. At any rate, uh, the reason we're Larry Intensive, they were slicing him an ass on MSNBC last night. Were they? Because, well, he keeps bringing these authors on, and he never reads the book, so he hasn't got any idea what he's talking about. So we had uh -huh. this James Fry, the Oprah phony on, and uh, he was asking all the wrong questions because he didn't read any of the book. I heard it was a great book. <laughs> yeah, if you like fiction. You know, this Oprah, she deserves to have egg on her puss. I'll tell you that right now. Mm. She just makes me gag. I bet she likes egg on her puss. Oh... Uh... Anyway, how's that poll coming? 
What yep. did you hate most about your childhood? I'm just, I'm just ignoring you altogether. You're just uh, over the top, under the bottom, over the top, and uh, well, she on the grandma's house. What did you hate most about your childhood? Getting dragged to church two uh, seventy. We got 1,696 votes. Our goal is 1,700. We're going to change the poll around noon, I think, to the weekend poll. Uh, my childhood was great, 249. Well, I salute you. We're very happy for you. What happened in the meantime? School, 211. Not having money, 210. Getting bullied, 190. All them bullies out there. Kill them. I hate this pool, 107. Getting dragged to visit relatives, 97. Oh, boy, I hated that. Every once in a while, I talk them out of it, you know? Actually, it was a good thing for me. I got to eat then. Oh. Uh, my parents, 84. Getting picked last for sports, 74. Being abused, 67. Spankings, 42. Being treated like an infant, 34. Mom's cooking, 20. Fat, they're saying. Not my mom. That's about all she could do. My neighborhood, 20. The old hood. And going hungry, only 15. Yeah, they, like I said, this crowd never was going to go hungry at any age. Believe me, I've seen them. WQAM, hello. WQAM. Hey, uh, by the way, from the childhood thing, uh, it was getting locked in the bathroom, but that's not what I called you about. Okay. Uh, I was watching the Alito hearings, okay? Now, there's nothing really offensive about this guy if you watch it, but if you study his past rulings, you discover something. Yeah. When it, when it comes, yeah, when it comes to a ruling either on the side of the little guy or the powerful or the corporate, yeah. no one's rules on the side of the yeah, powerful. Yeah, we know that. Okay, thank you. And uh, President Lincoln uh, enjoyed the play a hell of a lot. He said it was a real hoot. I'm going to go to my pile, okay? I gave it a shot. And we got people just restating the obvious and telling us things that everybody, even little kids, know. And, uh, you know, but a beep, but a boop, but a bop. And Alito's wife cried. Doug Thompson, the rant. Bush could seize absolute control of U.S. government. Oh, my God. President George W. Bush has signed executive orders giving him sole authority to impose martial law, suspend habeas corpus, and ignore the Posse Comitatus Act that prohibits deployment of U.S. troops on American streets. This would give him absolute dictatorial power over the government with no checks and balances. Absolutely. Bush discussed imposing martial law on American streets in the aftermath of 9-11, activating national security initiatives put in place by Ronald Reagan during the 80s. Well, one good Nazi deserves another. That's what they always say. These national security initiatives hatched in 82 by controversial Marine Colonel Ali North, later one of the key players in the Iran-Contra scandal, charged FEMA with administering executive orders that allowed suspension of the Constitution. By the way, nice job at New Orleans, FEMA. You're really doing that. Maybe some of that money will get there eventually. Charged FEMA with administering executive orders that allowed suspension of the Constitution, implementation of martial law, internment camps, and turning the government over to the president and the agency. Internment camps for, like, uh, illegal aliens like George. John Brinkerhoff, Deputy Director of FEMA, developed the martial law implementation plan following a template originally developed by former FEMA Director Louis Gifrida to battle a national uprising of black militants. Gifrida's, Gif that's how you say it, Gifrida's implementation of martial law called for jailing at least 21 million African Americans in relocation camps. Lovely. Brinkerhoff later admitted in an interview with the Miami Herald that President Reagan signed off on the initiatives and they remained in place uh, dormant until George W. Bush took orifice. Brinkeroff later moved on the Answer Institute for Homeland Security and following the 9-11 terrorist attacks provided the Bush White House and the Pentagon with talking points supporting national security initiatives that would allow imposition of martial law and suspension of the Posse Comitatus Act of 78, the law that's supposed to forbid use of troops for domestic law enforcement. 
Rakeroff argued that intentions of posse comitatus are misunderstood and misapplied, and that the U.S. has, in times of national emergency, the full and absolute authority to send troops into American streets to enforce order and maintain the peace. Bush used parts of the plan to send troops into the streets of New Orleans following Hurricane Katrina. In addition, <coughs> the FEMA hired former Special Forces personnel from the mercenary firm Blackwater USA to enforce security. Blackwater USA in its promotional materials describes itself as the most comprehensive professional military, law enforcement, security, peacekeeping, and stability operations company in the world, adding that we've established a global presence and provide training and, op and operational solutions for the 21st century in support of security and peace and freedom and democracy everywhere. Blackwater is also a major U.S. contractor in Iraq and has a contract with the Bush White House to provide additional security work on an on-as-need basis needed. How do you like that? Okay. The Department of Homeland Security has established the Northern Command for National Defense, a wide-ranging program that includes FEMA, the Pentagon, the FBI, III, and the National Security Agency. Executive orders already signed by Bush allow the Northern Command to send troops into American streets, seize control of radio and television stations, uh-oh, and networks, and impose martial law in times of national emergency. Like if uh, Laura's got a hangnail. The authority to declare what is or not a national emergency rests entirely with Bush, who doesn't have to either consult or seek the approval of Congress for permission to assume absolute control over the government of the USA. The White House press office would neither confirm nor deny existence of Bush's executive orders or the existence of the Northern Command for National Defense, neither would the Department of Homeland Security. But my sources within the White House and DHS tell me the plans are in place, ready for implementation when the command comes from the man who keeps telling the American public that he's a wartime president and who will do anything in my power, he says, to impose his will on the people of the USA. And he's made sure that power will be absolute when he chooses to use it. That's your buddy Doug Thompson at CapitalHillBlue.com. I love that guy. He's good. Here's a long fax that just came over to Machine. It's a good machine, by the way, from Steve. With like a little smiley face at, at the end of it. I just looked it. Said I did. It says I'm outraged and need to vent. Oh, here we go with that Book of Daniel thing again. My wife and I watched that new show on NBC called The Book of Daniel last Friday night. It's a soap opera comedy series about a priest who's got a dysfunctional family, and Jesus magically appears during the show to give him advice. Sounds like South Park to me. The local NBC affiliate here in Nashville aired the first show last Friday. It was hilarious. Now, after pressure from the Christian community, WSMV Channel 4 has decided to pull the show as of tonight. They're pulling it. I just called the station and ripped them a new hole. I told them that it's a sad day in this country when a few emails and phone calls can determine your programming. There must have been 50,000 viewers in the market who watched the show and couldn't imagine that more than a few hundred, even a couple thousand people who complained to me the viewing percentages don't add up. Also, I said it was very irresponsible of the management of WSMV to wear the first show in a series not have been proactive enough to preview the show, knowing their market might not have aired it at all. The station wanted to air the show in the middle of the night, but NBC wouldn't let them do it. They're like about 2.30 in the morning when everybody's sloughing. Mm -hmm. My next step is to vent to NBC New York and DirecTV because I can't receive CNBC to watch the show on another channel. Another thing is every other station in Tennessee, the so-called Bible Belt, is airing the show and allowing their audience to make the choice or watch or change the channel like uh, the American F&W ought to be. Thanks for your time, Neil God. I love your show. and listen on the Internet every day, yada, yada, yada. P.S. One of the funniest things on the book of Daniel was Jesus appeared in the priest's car and he was wearing a seatbelt. I guess he just wants to be safe. Well, you can never be too uh, careful, you know. That's right. With traffic these days? That's right. Jesus is very uh, scared of that crowd of crazy drivers. You know who we're scared of because we're afraid he got loose again? The Whisperer. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. That's why that's Josh's favorite line. 
because it, it's always amusing and uh, a panic, a real, a real laugh riot. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that must be it. See, then there's a way to deal with wow. it. Catch him off guard. He didn't know what the hell hit him. Scientists in Taiwan say they've bred three pigs that glow in the dark. Three little pigs. This, isn't this something? Wouldn't it be great when uh, the day is coming, man? Can you imagine what's going to be like in about 200 years? Ooh. Well, of course, that's uh, first of all, Florida be all underwater. Right. Anyway, these scientists claim that while other researchers have bred partly fluorescent pigs, theirs are the only pigs in the world which are green through and through. The pigs are transgenic, created by adding genetic material from jellyfish into a normal pig embryo. Oh, they must have used those on Jew Lieberman. And also Sam Alito. You notice how wimpy he is? Eh, he talks just like a Lieberman. He's a wimpy Nazi. The researchers hope the pigs will boost the island's stem cell research as well as helping with the study of human disease. The researchers from National Taiwan University's Department of Animal Science and Technology say that although the pigs glow, they're otherwise no different from any others. Oh, I can't wait to get my first green or glowing bratwurst. You'd have green eggs and ham. A see-through job. Yeah, and green eggs and ham I am. Taiwan is not claiming world first. Others have bred partially, partially fluorescent pigs before, but the researchers insist the three pigs they produced are better. Our pigs are better than your pigs. They're the only ones that are green from the inside out. Even their heart and internal organs are green, they say. Oh, perfect for St. Patty's Day. I like it. Unless you're Jewish, of course, because then it would be trafe. To create them, DNA from jellyfish was added to about 265 pig embryos, which were implanted in eight different pigs. Four of the pigs became pregnant, and three male piglets were born three months ago. In daylight, the researchers say the pigs' eyes, teeth, and trotters look green. What is a trotter? They're uh, feet, man. Is that like a pacer? Their trotters look green. Their skin has a greenish tinge. In the dark, shine a blue light on them, and they glow torch light bright. The scientists will use the transgenic pigs to study human disease. Because the pig's genetic material is green, it's easy to spot. So if, for instance, some of its stem cells are injected into another animal, scientists can track how they develop without the need for a biopsy or invasive test. But creating them hasn't been easy. Many of the altered embryos fail to develop. The researchers say they hope the new green pigs will mate with ordinary female pigs to create a new generation. Maybe they'll be like chartreuse. Much greater numbers of transgenic pigs for use in research. Wouldn't that be great? That'd be special. Or like Bolingo said, how about a chartreuse moose? Sounds good to me. On the loose. So if Alex Bennett is on there and that old uh, dikey uh, fag hag uh, Lynn Samuels, they, you know, it's no wonder. Speaking of Bubba the Love Hey, Spons. a bargain at any price. What's that? Lynn? That programming. The, the lineup. No, yeah, and Martha Stewart. I mean, what more Ooh, could you want? Exactly. Huh? Yeah, I'd sure pay 13 bucks a month just never to hear her name again. Or James Fry. Yeah, we'll get to that eventually. We'll go to old Jim Fry and Oprah's book. If Oprah recommends it, it must be true. And, of course, she called in toward the end of the show on Larry's show a couple nights ago to make sure that everybody... And I don't... don't. I mean, she's already got a billion dollars. You think she's getting like a rake-off on this crap? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, who are you kidding, honey? Okay? She's smearing it. Good old Oprah. And by the way, I'm going to have an extra burger for lunch just to piss her off. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 AM. People are talking... Can it really be? Did Brad put the baby in Angelina Jolie? Well, the rumors say it happened. Exactly, well, we don't know when. I can't wait to hear until the news is given to Miss Amsterdam. 
Is Angelina pregnant? Can it be? Is Angelina pregnant? So hot can this be? They're gonna go out and buy everything. Cribs and bibs and rings and things. Is Angelina pregnant? Oh my God, is Angelina pregnant? Brad, what did you do? I'm not old-fashioned, Brad, but happy teen. I kind of like that. Let's play that a hundred times. So the phone is ringing. There must be a package downstairs. Should I go check out the package? You might. You can put that nose picker bit on. Can't get tired of that yet. She takes the finger. That's the one. And digs a deep into her nostril for something green. Oh, she's a nose picker. She's digging down. Don't flick it at me. Uh, her thing is long. Now I understand she's a nose picker. It's big and deep. But can't see the end of her finger. Now I understand she's a nose picker. She's going thick and me sick. I can't believe it. Yeah, girl, go ahead, take it on a sleeve. It's gross, girl, you know it's gross. I'm gonna heave. Take it, girl, you know it's sick. I'm gonna heave. Take it, girl, go ahead. Her thing is long. Now I understand she's a nose picker. Yeah, we'll just just keep playing. We'll alternate back and forth. Right. Anyway, it's 19 past 11 at 560 WQM. Let's take a look at that Friday the 13th lineup, man. You're lucky on Friday the 13th because you got the Mo Meister, Mo Howard David, the Pedantic one between 2 and 4, the Bombastic one. Mad Dog at Hooters in the Pines 4 to 7, Curtis Stevenson at 7 o'clock tonight for three solid hours. And then Lenny Martez at 10. We have nothing to do with that. Oh, did Rimmer uh, bring in the food yet? Oh, yeah, I got it right here. Then he, I'm sure he's going to feed you guys, bring you a nice lunch, because I'm sure he's in town with the Columbus Straitjackets and Doug McLean. Wouldn't surprise me at all. So maybe he'll bring you guys the lunch that he's been owing you for all these years, especially after all those 80 zillion meals that I bought him and his Gatsomirspocha. That would be nice, but don't, don't hold your breath. Uh, I won't. Yeah, but they're doing so great there in Columbus. You know, they actually won a couple of games. Homeless advocates call Sarasota the meanest city in America. Oh, it is. They are mean. Lean and mean and uh, surly queen. An ordinance prohibiting outdoor sleeping overnight without permission on public or private property has earned the city the top spot on a national advocacy organization's list of mean cities toward the homeless. A judge recently upheld the ordinance passed in August by city commissioners after two similar no-camping uh, no rules were declared unconstitutional. Unconstitutional, like I just said. They could have been taken off the mean list if they would have just done away with that ordinance, said Michael Stoops, acting director of the Washington-based National Coalition for the Homeless. I wonder if they know Sean Canoni. I prefer a nice chocolate cannoli myself as opposed to cannoli, but I wonder if they know that clown. Hmm. Don't be giving no money to those homeless voice people, okay, unless you're an idiot. Oh, I see them doing that, giving the money that is. I don't want, want to, like, honk my horn. Why? Why are you giving those people money? They're standing in the middle of the street. They're interfering with your life. They're, uh, it's a, it's a uh, cult, okay? We want to make sure everybody knows that. It's a cult, and Sean Canoni's got that big, expensive house while these people are, like, uh, you know, out there schlepping around for him. The advocacy organization on Wednesday, that's the National Coalition for the Homeless, released its annual report on homelessness in cities nationwide. Boy, they ought to come here, man. It could have a field day in this city. Sarasota tops its list of the nation's 20 worst cities for treating the homeless in 2005 after ranking in number 11 the year before, so they zoomed to the top of the list. Lawrence, Kansas, which I never heard of in my life, is ranked number two. Little Rock, Arkansas is number three. And then it was Atlanta, and then Vegas. Well, I'll tell you why, probably Vegas. Why? They don't want no vagrants sitting around, you know what I'm saying? Right. Not well, on the strip, you know, anyway. Not on the strip or anywhere where the uh, tourists can see it because they're making an offer you can't refuse. 
It's just like anybody that pulls any hanky-panky in Vegas won't see them no more. They, they won't tolerate it. Sarasota officials argue that the no-lodging ordinance helps keep the city's homeless out of unsafe and unhealthy camps. This is the best thing we can do for them, Mayor Mary Ann Servian said. A person can be found in violation if numerous items or personal belongings are present. The person is engaged. Well, let's see. I got my shoes, my watch, my pantaloons, my underwear, my shirt. That's uh, personal belongings. Right. Your the person cart. is engaged in cooking activities, like maybe on Sterno, you know. The person is built or is maintaining a fire. The person is engaged in digging or earthbreaking activities. So I guess I can't dig for those coins again like I did when I was a right. kid. Don't dig with a latrine either. Just do it right there on the grass. Or the per Well, in Amsterdam, they have those outdoor latrines, man. You just step right up and, uh, you know. Or the person is asleep and when awakened states that he or she has no other place to live, the ordinance states. Forty-five people were arrested last year for violating the ordinance, which gives police the option of transporting violators to a shelter instead of jail. The National Coalition for the Homeless compiled a list with the National Law Center on Homelessness and Poverty. Atlanta, Dallas, Las Vegas, and Houston were among the cities in the top ten mean cities in 2005. Stoop said it puts pressure on cities to rethink their criminalization strategies. No city should want to be labeled a mean city. Oh, you're so mean. So they have a national... Uh-oh, student shot at middle school in Florida. Oh, well. Here's the uh, shot student du jour, not to be confused with the lost minor du jour who fell... Did we have... Whatever happened with that uh, guy that fell in the hole yesterday? Never heard about it. I, I guess he might be uh, still in Maybe it uh, was okay. Or still falling. According to the report, homelessness is measured by increased demands for emergency shelter went up nationally. It estimated that three and a half million Americans experience homelessness. So, like that. so count your blessings, all you people with a place to go to, okay? Three and a half million people are out there in the streets, living on a street corner, freezing their ass off. So I didn't know they well, had maybe a, not. a national huh? coalition for the homeless. Yeah. Do they have an address? Why, are you going to sign up? Yeah, yeah. Pam Anderson wants Colonel Sanders bust out of the Kentucky State Cap. I want his bust. Not to bust out. A little late for that. He, she wants his bust out of the uh, Frankfurt Kentucky. Yeah, I got a comment for her. Yeah, I'm sure. Don't say it. All right. It's probably you. Uh-huh. For Frankfurt, Kentucky. First came calls to remove the statue of Confederate. First of all, she's Canadian. What she's doing interfering in American politics anyway. She's a Canadian bitch. Who's back up north of the border, Pam? Man, stay out of here, Pam. Okay, we got enough tourists already. We got the Stephen Harper. Oh God, what are the what are these people thinking about? Well, you know something? It'll teach them a lesson. Just like Bush taught a lot of people a lesson. A lot of them are dead now, by the way. An animal rights group is calling for the bust of Colonel Hartland, Harlan Sanders, founder of KFC, to be hauled out. And television star Pam Anderson is leading the charge. The bust. Well, she doesn't that her expertise, the area? Yeah, the she bust. several of them. The bust of Colonel Sanders stands as a monument to cruelty and has no place in Kentucky State Capitol, Anderson said, in a statement issued for Georgia's very favorite organization. PETA. That's the one. Mm -hmm. Nut jobs. An animal rights group based in Norfolk, Virginia. The suggestion didn't ruffle feathers in Governor Ernie Fletcher's office. We certainly appreciate everyone's right to an opinion, spokeswoman Jody Whitaker said. Colonel Sanders was one of Kentucky's most distinguished citizens. A great entrepreneur and a fine charitable man of faith. And he certainly, you know, they always have to put in that man of faith, like that somehow makes him better yeah. than uh, us heathens. And he certainly has a place in Kentucky history. We believe he warrants appropriate recognition as such. So don't mess with our bust, Pam, you bitch, you slut. You fairy! Anderson has been involved in a public relations campaign to raise awareness of what she calls abusive chickens in processing plants that supply poultry to the Louisville based chicken chain. In a letter to Fletcher, Anderson detailed alleged abuses of chickens by KFC suppliers. Among her claims, she said, workers in a slaughterhouse in West Virginia have been filmed tearing the heads off live birds, 
spitting tobacco in their eyes, spray-painting their faces and slamming them on the ground. Spitting tobacco in their eyes, well, maybe they just want to give them a little let uh, share the juice. We felt that Vice of Colonel Sanders is inappropriate in the state capitol because it portrays a man who founded a company that treats chickens in a way that would be illegal if dogs or cats were the victims, said Matt Prescott. He spoke, well, you know, first of all, maybe it's a good idea because kids should be taught that chickens are not appropriate pets. That's a good idea. Remember yeah, what happened well, to that girl? about that girl that died from kissing right. her chicken? Kissing it in Poland. Now, if you kiss your dog, you kiss your kitty cat. That's one thing. But don't kiss your chicken. KFC spokeswoman Lori Shallow said this is just another misguided publicity stunt by PETA in their attempt to create a vegan society. Oh, vegan my ass. Don't take away my burgers and my steak and my brats, okay? Don't be messing with that stuff. I'll tear your kishkis out. Although kishka, it turns out, is vegetarian. Doesn't it have, like, beef fat in it? It has, like, well, I don't know. It has beef gravy on it. I know that. It's not worth well, a damn without the gravy. It's exactly. dry. Real dry. But the recipe we got had And it also fat. is cooked in the anima, in the uh, intestine. That's why they call it kishka. Kishka, well, kishkis are intestines. That ain't too uh, vegan. Well, but that, no, and it's not. But the, the filling is, though, the innards, the good stuff. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Rimmer brings you guys a whole a whole big bunch of kishki and potato latkes right. and brisket for lunch today <laughs> on our Friday the 13th. He'll be in there. Not. Cheapskate. Yeah, he'll be ripping out. I, I, oh, and by the way, Judge McDonald was just terrible last night, filling in for Dave Strader. Make you appreciate well, what a good job Dave does. Oh, he was just awful. They've got like a two-on-one break. They're on the verge of scoring a goal. They're racing down the ice, and he's like, but a beep, but a beep. He's like, he, can't, he, he don't know what the hell's going on, man. Hey, Jugs, when you reach 100 years old, it's time to hang him up and keep him hung up. Oh, the head I bring him back out because Dave Strader is doing the NBC game tomorrow, and he's going to be with the Olympics. So, yeah, yeah. Jugs McDonald, wow. And Denise Ponte, and that's a match made in purgatory. And by the way, Denise, I got two words for you. Shut up. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Charge the judge repeating all of the facts of, in the prosecution's charging documents and him saying over and over again, Yes, Your Honor. Yes, Your Honor. Yes, Your Honor. He's just a lobbyist. I'm 32. During the next break, I'm going to rush downstairs and get that disc. I And then we'll preview the new crap. Uh, I'm sure that's what it is, HCN. Okay. I'm sure we'll preview it on the air, and then if sure. you've got to dump something out, Josh can have his thumb right on it. All right. So keep your thumb on that square uh, yellow. Well, not right now, but right. momentarily. It's more rectangular, I think. And if I don't get back in time, too bad. In fact, maybe uh, it's such a nice day again. It's like uh, 46 or something like that. Yeah. I'll just wander outside. Go to the convenience store, pick up a few things over there. We got filler music queued up in case you don't get back in time. What, what do you mean music? What is that? What is that? In other words, if I'm not Banjo. speaking like every minute of the whole four hours in between those 80-minute commercial breaks, then uh, that's it. The best you can do is play a bunch of Lester Flatt and Earl Scruggs. That's the best I can do. All right. Lester Flatt and Earl Scruggs, that man. It's that good old retard country music, man. Band, actually, inbred country music for inbred geeks like, uh, what's his name, Randy Travis. He is strange. Real strange. And all of them look real strange. They had some uh, country music uh, infomercial on earlier, and uh, it reminded me they're all real strange. That's what that's what a thousand years of inbreeding will do for you. 
Speaking of inbreeding, New Jersey selects new slogan. Boy, that's a place I sure wouldn't want to be now that they closed down Garden State. I remember I told you I used to like Cherry Hill, New Jersey, because I would stay in that hotel there and then go across the street to a Garden State, plunge my guts out. That was a nice track. Not no more, though. Hoping to draw more tourists to New Jersey vacation spots. Oh, yeah, where are you going on vacation? Uh, uh, Trenton. <laughs> oh, yeah. Newark. I'm going to Newark and get me some real good aromas that'll put me in a coma. Hoping to draw more tourists to Jersey's vacation spots, officials on Thursday unveiled a new slogan that aims to change outsiders' views of a state often associated with traffic-choked highways, oil refineries, and odors that cause drivers to roll up their windows on the way through. Their new slogan is, New Jersey, come see for yourself. When it comes to image, New Jersey, we care, as Governor Richard Cody said, our catchphrase should hint at our true beauty. Guess what uh, the second, it beat out uh, another one, another slogan. New Jersey, you got a problem with that? <laughs> yeah, not that that's like Jersey with an attitude. Right. You got a problem with that? You talking to me? The slogan was the top choice among over 11,000 telephone and online votes cast by residents for five final entries in a statewide contest. In the end, voters decided it was better not to tell people that expect the unexpected or love at first sight or enjoy the real deal or discover the best-kept secret. If I were them, I'd keep it a secret, Even including Atlantic City. Don't be telling me, oh, well, what about Atlantic City? Yeah, what about it? What about Atlantic City? You go there. You have a wonderful time. Oh, fooey. Fair. As he unveiled the new tagline, Cody highlighted some of the state's attractions, including the gambling spot Atlantic City. I think I just said, fair. Historic Cape May at the southern tip of the state. Well, I don't even know what that is. Do you? Cape May? <laughs> You're asking me? I've been to Newark. Well, that's enough. Ever been to Englewood or Tenafly? That's it, Newark. And the Meadowlands sports venues. What are you going to Englewood, New Jersey? The Meadowlands. Officials said tourism generated $32 billion last year. Who needs a vacation anywhere else, Cody said. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me, I better recheck my schedule now. I got my, all my 80 weeks vacation coming up this year. I better spend at least half of them in Jersey. The slogan was the result of Cody's appeal in October for ideas after he rejected a proposal from a marketing company for which the state paid 260 grand. That slogan, New Jersey will win you over, reminded Cody too much of what when he was single and asked to get, uh, uh, what? And asked girls out on dates. Cody's office got about 8,000 ideas, including such edgy suggestions as New Jersey. You've got a problem with that? And New Jersey, most of our elected officials have not been indicted. Oh, that's great. Quite a few have, but most not. So there you go. So the new, let's see. Cody said that Jeffrey Antman's employment with New Jersey Transit wouldn't stop him from receiving a two-night stay at a golf and spa resort and two tickets to a professional basketball or a hockey game. He could go to a Devils game. Somebody's got to. Man, two more people there would like uh, really uh, stick out. So that's the uh, deal. Uh, what, what is it again? New Jersey, come see for yourself. And our response is El Paso. Not for me. Miss Tremere. I bet you even Josh ain't never been in New Jersey. Yeah, I have. I have have been you been in New Jersey, Jersey, like at the airport? Um, yeah. And what? where else? Where in New Jersey have I been? Yeah. Sparta? What? Hey, what? What's the hell is Sparta, New Jersey? I North thought Sparta was in like North Carolina, right? Yeah. Right by my house. It's there. And what is it? <laughs> Just a little town, man. Well, what the hell were you doing there? I have family there. Oh, jeez. That answers a lot of my questions. You got some keys there. WQAM, hello. Not quite familiar with the popularity. WQAM, hello. 
<laughs> yeah, I got something for you. Well, we got an unlimited supply of those today, all day. Just line up and we'll take, we'll do a big paper for the human race. 5670560. Oh, see, it's going to be mix and match today. You know, I'll stick some of these in there as the mood strikes me. Mix and match. Okay. I don't want to get like two pull intense at all. The new pull I'll stick up there at noon. Maybe it'll give them a little, like a little something to sink their teeth into. Mo Howard at 2. Mad Dog from Hooters in the Pines at 4. Curtis Stevenson at 7. Probably a distant relative to Adelaide, would seem to me. And Lenny Martez, just in relation to the Mongolian idiots at uh, 10 o'clock tonight. He is something. Too bad we can't say it on the air. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. WQAM, hello. Can I be on the radio? No, the answer is no, as a matter of fact. What did you say before the show this morning? Nothing is forever. Don't cut your chickens yeah, until, yeah, they, uh, the until they lay a fat yeah. one. Something like that. WQAM, hello. Hey, let me turn the radio down. Yeah, turn that hey, down. I'm going to chili cook off. I'm going to keep having the chili cook off. You going? WQAM, hello. Hello, me? Yep. Um, I just wanted to tell you about a book, actually, that I came across. Yeah. That may be of quite of, of interest to you, actually. It's called The Acting President. Have you ever heard of it? No. It was written by Bob Schieffer. Uh, oh, about Reagan. In a coma. No, 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 no. Neil, it's an excellent. I'm home going through some of my old books, that, uh, and I found it. It was written about Reagan. The American people. Yeah. You would you'd really enjoy it, Neil. The book came out. Written by Bob Schieffer? Yeah, Let me ask really you, how many times does he say okie-dokie in it? But Neil, I'll give you the, the, the subtitle. Ronald Reagan and the supporting players who helped him create the illusion that held America spellbound. It's, it's extremely critical of Reagan, man. It's, it, it, it's yeah, but last time I checked, he was dead already, Reagan. Already, uh... <laughs> yeah, I know he's dead, man, but yeah. it's, it's nice to go back and read some of the stuff. Well, I got news. If it's nice to go back, then we ought to be real happy because this president's taking us back about 50 years, so we ought to be ecstatic. Okay, thanks a lot, man, and happy okay. Martin Luther King Day. Five, six, seven. Ruled brutally by the Taliban. <laughs> oh. You know, there's a one day that goes by now that they don't give him some PR free time on the air on these talking head channels. Not a single day goes by. Every single day. But I mean, but he doesn't say a damn thing, not a freaking thing. But uh, there he is. Very, very sad. And the public is worried about crap. Absolutely about Jim Fry. Is that book for real or not, Oprah? Hey, Oprah, is that for real or what? That really your hair, Oprah? Maybe she really is the color purple. Maybe she does a dye job. I'd like to see her do a die job real soon, as a matter of fact. Oh, and by the way, did you hear about Catherine Harrison and her plane? Oh, man. Oh, you don't want to know. What did you miss most about your childhood? This is the last Oh, and I'm going to race right down. Let me, let me uh, do something here. Because I'm going to race right downstairs and write myself a letter. Okay. No, I'm going to get the new disc down there. Well, we could just do... She takes the up. <laughs> we could do that one a few times. Believe you me, we got a, a four-minute break. I'll be back. Make no mistake about it before the break is over. You can bet Josh's life on it. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Hi there, you bastard. Wow.
your fat ass is really comfortable. Wow, your fat ass is doing wonders for my bad back. Want to do something useful with your fat ass? I could sleep on your fat ass all day. Then why not put it to use? Hey, you don't mind if my girlfriend sits on your fat ass too, do you? As one of America's newest ass cushions, put your fat ass to use for the airlines and turn a coach seat into comfort class. This is great. By letting people sit on your fat ass, you'll be helping to improve people's days on the bus, at the movie theater, even at the park. Mommy, come bounce on this fat ass with me. Put your fat ass to work today. Receive hourly wages, health benefits, and ho-hos. Call now and be proud to be a fat ass. Well, there's Angela Merkel, the uh, new uh, Nazi uh, chancellor of Germany, with uh, your uh, chancellor. Uh-huh. Now, it's not a, a disc that uh, they deliver downstairs. You're going to be very disturbed when I tell you what this is. You're oh, going to no. be very upset. I know. It's the movie. No. No? No, the movie's coming to you. Okay, well, I don't some stuff on that. Don't you think I know how to uh, diddle that thing with Amazon.com? They don't make be, mistakes. Uh, they sent us that other guy's book here once. They get their wires crossed sometimes. Let me say it again. Good luck to you. Uh, no, this is a package from somebody you know, and I didn't think they would deliver it here because didn't we discuss it the other day? Oh, and he was asking about it yet uh, again yeah, this morning. Yeah, well, here it is, John Jarris, you maniac. You fairy. Uh, and let me start out. There's three things in here. First, there's a card. Mm-hmm. How they cheer to those uh, far and near, it says. And you open it up, and it says, Ach du lieber. Now, it says, Frohlich Weihnachten and Gutes Nujar. Wishing you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, John and Sharon. Best wishes, John Jarris from Power 96. Good guy, a little bit on the uh, goose-stepping side, but nevertheless. And then the number two thing in here is a calendar, 2006 calendar. Nice one, too. Right. With a picture of Salzburg that. on there. Salzburg. Oh, I love their you know, steaks. Those, huh? I love their steaks. No, not Salisbury, Salzburg. Oh. Anyway, maybe that's where Salisbury steak comes from. You think so? I have no idea. I have no idea, and I couldn't care less. Uh, and here's the uh, month by month. It's got all the every month has got a different scenic picture of Salzburg. Oh, look at that! Look at these people goose stepping. Isn't that cute? And there's the uh, Alps in the background. It's just a beautiful thing. Thank you so much for that. Now, uh-huh. come to the other part of what's in here. Right. Now it's really interesting because I guess John's. Wouldn't you think that anybody who's been around there for a while knows that I've I've, I've been out of the house a you few know, times in my life? Yeah. So I've been to like uh, all kinds of places in Europe, like Germany and uh, Amsterdam a million times, and Rome and uh, Scandinavia. So there are two candy bars in here, which he even wrote on the customs declaration that he delivered. So I guess you can send food across the border. Like just not cough drops. No, no, not cough drops. Milka. Well, you know, Milka is about as pedestrian if they were like two Hershey bars. I don't want to hurt John's feelings, but I can go. I can go across the street to my convenience store and buy these. Because when it comes to Candyman and Canadians, that's the one thing we specialize. Two things, hockey and curling, and which we're embarrassed by, and candy. Oh, man. We got candy up the ass. Candy ass, I'd say. Yeah. Milka bars. And these are just pedestrian. They're just chocolate bars. That's all. There's nothing in them. Alpenmilk, though. It's from the Alps. He, he, oh, and you know what? Wait, what? wait till I tell you the best part. They're like uh, crumbly. Well. You know what I mean? Been through a lot. Oh, what? Well, you don't think I got two chocolate bars in my hand? Somebody's sending a hundred-page fax. Stop it! You don't think I'm not going to eat this, do you? No. Oh, geez. Mm. Here we go. So my blood sugar, by I would say by noon, my blood sugar will be like six hundred. I, I think this is attempted murder, don't you? It is. Yeah. I told him to just give me the chocolate instead, but it was too late. Maniac. Doesn't he know I'm diabetic? 
You know, people don't take any of that stuff seriously. I know that. Even though I try to. Well, a little over 100 people read that article yesterday. Like, ah, that doesn't. He doesn't really mean it. Not too many. Yeah, right. They don't take it seriously. Everything's a big joke. (laughs) 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 Yeah, like that. So I'm going to sit here, and it's a good thing that these are broken into pieces. Just like, remember the guy called yesterday about the Turkish taffy, and you would slam it against the table so it would break up into pieces? Right. And that, that looks like what's happened to these chocolate bars, probably in transit. They lost a little something in the translation. So they're like in, in very convenient to eat little chunks. Come to, you know what I'm Mm-hmm. really good. Great. Thanks, John Jarris. Yeah. Thanks for trying to kill me, you maniac. And these are good until, uh, let's see, through um, September 23rd, 05, so they're not stale yet. Right, good until you die. Mm, about half an hour. So you better start preparing some material. <laughs> oh. WQAM, hello. Not there. There's one of the better calls we've had this morning so far. WQAM, hello. Yeah, I'm a black man. Yeah, okay, good. WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes. How you doing? All right. Listen, I got zero, uh, zero to bring the table for the show, but I'd like to ask you. I got some people in town that are listening to you. I was wondering yeah. if you could play, uh, play one of those Mickey Eisner uh, bits. Nah, so, get out of here. Get out. You out of your mind or what? Got some people in town who are listening to you. Can you play one? Of course not. Those are as stale as last year's matzo man. Get away. Get away. Get off of my uh, planet. Get off of my cloud. Christ Almighty, man. These calls suck. You know? They really suck. Do I know it. That's not that that's anything question, new, right? but for all these years, they just keep getting worse and worse and worse. Because basically, there's like ten people. They just do voices like Phil, you know. Just ten different callers. Are like you sure? All the same people. And that, of course, doesn't include the ones that don't get on the air. Let's start going back to screening the calls, Josh. <laughs> uh, I just I just saw both of those fingers. <laughs> no, but, you know, it's so good. Two uh, different hands. What? It's so good when the, uh, you get the cranks. No, I do. I, I enjoy this. Uh, people have actually said that to me. Well, couldn't you? Re- I think Lasseter said that to me when we had our phone call the other day. I mean, uh, you know, you thought about going back to screening the calls. I don't want to screen the calls. I like a bunch of idiots. That that old style talk. Well, let's, let's talk to uh, you know uh, Josie and uh, Miramar. Uh, hell with that. I don't want to talk to Josie and Miramar. I do. I don't want to talk to Sally and St. Pete. All that other crap. That, that, that went all with the knickers, man. That stuff was so. I, I guess in its day it was fine, you know, like knickers. Were they? Or maybe Snickers. Do you have to wear those? What knickers? Yeah. No, I never. I never saw anybody with knickers. Now, tell me what the difference are between knickers and spats. Well, I don't know what a spat is, so... Yeah, you've had several with your wife. I see. No, seriously. I know what knickers are, but I don't know what spats are. Well, you've heard of spats. I've heard of them, but I have no idea what they are. Well, there's something educational we can learn on the show today. Knickers are like knee pants, right? You know, this this Milka, it's made by Kraft, so you ought to be Ah, more pissed off. ah. Ach, du lieber. And it's made in Deutschland. See, that's why John Jarris is so impressed with this, because anything that's made in Germany, he's all uh, whipped up to a frenzy about. Like Germans. And this is very, well, Germans aren't known for their candy. It's a German chocolate is not like a big deal. Swiss, yes, Schweiz. Schweiz, not Schweiz, Schweiz. They're, they're known for their baked goods, is what I heard. Germany? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And lampshades? <laughs> you're, you're, you're brutal. You're just, just a piece of turd. Heartless, cruel, <laughs> relentless. That's me. Well, so this is just, this is like, uh, I don't know. Like eating a Hershey bar. 
Although they are big. There's uh, 100 grams so between the two, and there's 200 grams of chocolate. That should put me in a coma by about 1230. So that guy that wanted to come to my, here's the arrangements. We'll give you the assignment when you can come and do the viewing. I want to be buried naked with my big puppet hanging out. Right. WQAM, hello. I have no life. We know. Yeah, we already know. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. Good afternoon, you old toilet. Can I have free tickets? Hello. WQAM, hello. George is so caught up in Reverend Jones. WQAM, hello. My balls itch. Okay, like I said, I'm going back to my pile. That's it. I'm going to eat my chocolate and go back to my pile. Your calls are the most embarrassing, humiliating, degrading swill. You're a bunch of morons, man. A bunch of idiots. Lunatics. 30 years I've been doing this in this town, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. We haven't got anybody with an IQ larger than their digit. Although I think we will take a lot more calls, though. We're going to change the poll at noon, too. Oh, look at the way they're, 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 they're ringing with that sense of mm -hmm. urgency now, you know? Yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about. Five people are ringing nine lines. <laughs> oh. I believe that. WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. How you doing today? All right. You don't know what uh, spats are? No, what are spats? Spats are those things they used about 100 years ago that hooked onto the top of your socks and around your calf to keep your socks from falling down. I'll be damned. That's what it was. Sounds kind of silly to me. Well, it, that's why they don't have spats anymore. Okay, it's like people wear suspenders now, like like Yeah. Uh -huh. Exactly. Thanks, Thanks a lot, pal. Bye-bye. Okay. Don't have a spat. So you learned something right there. Uh, the Chinese. Yeah, see, the Chinese wear spats. That's what your president thinks. Seriously, he's, he's so stupid. He, even the worst of these calls, yep. they're like rocket scientists compared to your president. Dumber than sawdust. Dumber than an amoeba. Dumber than a uh, hookworm. Just pathetic. Okay, here's the poll. Here's the final result on the, today's poll, which now is out. Done. Aren't you excited? Okay, want a drum roll? What did you hate about your uh, most about your childhood? 1,770 votes. That's not too bad. Of course, it's been on there for a month. Getting dragged to church, 287. Don't be doing it no more, Mommy and Daddy. Leave me alone. You go in the, with all those other getchkeys and leave me the hell alone. My childhood was great, 258. Well, thank you. And like I said, what happened in the interim? Boy, talk about turning sour. School, 219. Not having money, 215. Getting bullied, 192. I hate this pool, 120. I'm in South Florida. I hate everybody. Getting dragged to visit relatives. Getting slept to the relatives. A hundred. My parents, 87. Boy, do they suck. Getting picked last for sports, 81. Being abused, 69. Spankings, 47. Being treated like an infant, 35. My hood, the old hood, 25. What a crap hole. Mom's cooking, 21. What crap. And going hungry, still only 15. Okay, you want to know what the new pool is? I'm going to switch it right now. Well, first of all, we're to stop faxing this 10-page fax over Who's that? and over again. Uh, no name. They, they wrote on the on the cover sheet. So what is it about? So 20-page fax with the cover sheet. Uh, abuse victims' lawsuit might interfere with worship of others, and it's a five-page fax plus the cover sheet, and it says on top, Neil, God, stop it, God. Yeah, stop sending us that crap. Okay, we're not interested. I already got a huge pile here. Computer we already right. had the story about the bishop yesterday, and God bless him. Anyway, what's the biggest waste of money? Here's what I got so far. Expensive watch, expensive car, gambling. Expensive restaurants, eating all meals out, giving to charities, going to church or shoals, etc., having kids, sending kids to private schools, getting married, or buying health or natural foods. Isn't that a good choice? Damn good. Yeah. I'm I know what I'm voting for. 
giving uh, money to churches and uh, a bunch of there's a bunch of grave robbers like all those other gifts. This is Neil Rogers. This is thanks for the candy, John. Not you maniac. I am Frau Ileana Ross Leitman, and I like scrubbing my smelly gorilla ass with soap made from jewels and listening to the near Roche Comunista Hour. Movie queen of only 19, she had some trouble. Please know you'd be very proud of me that I took the other Milka bar and I put it in the freezer. No, not as proud as if you'd uh, thrown it out the window. No. And the one, that, and of course, I'm eating the other one. Uh-huh. See, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say John Jarris is stupid, but he's a nice guy, but stupid. Because, number one, even if I weren't diabetic, well, what's the big sin of sending me two candy bars that I can go out and uh, buy, like, right across the street? What, what's the point? Now, those came from Germany. Yeah, and so did the ones across the street. Yeah, but he brought those. Yeah, and well, they I don't know. Travel Who further the across the street? Sandy Claus, Heinrich Himmler. They uh, have more miles on them than the ones he sent you. Angela Merkel. Oh, there's David Gregory. Uh, I wonder how far he's got his tongue up there, President's butt. All paid for, bought, sold, signed, sealed, delivered. All you jackasses in the media, you're not kidding anybody, okay? Bunch of sellouts. How do you look at yourselves in the mirror when you're shaving in the morning, Lynn? Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the Verizon and singular wireless line. So what do you think? You got any other uh, big waste of money? No, you got my choice on it. How about whining and dining uh, to get laid? Like you know, dating that kind of thing. How would you say that? Dining and dancing. No, you know what I'm talking that's about. Yeah, dining. That was great. Joey Carr and Russell Wilson is getting into a brawl. Oh, I'd love to see that. That's not necessarily a waste of money. What's that? Spending a lot of money. Yeah, in other words, if there's a payoff. That's right. That was that show, The Big Payoff with Randy Merriman. That's the one I was trying to think of the other day. You see how this all ties in and fits together? And the best part of it is that even these wiseacres out there, they haven't got any idea what I'm talking about. And I love it. I love it. Just like Barbara Studley. The Jewish people, I love them, I love them, I love them. Yeah, the state of Israel, I love them. Just like, oh, Pat Robertson apologized. Does anybody care? No. No. And why do they keep quoting him anyway? WQAM, Hello. QAM. Hey, Neil. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, uh, I have a ghost living in my apartment. What What should I do? WQAM, hello. Exercise it. Uh, Neil. 
Yes, sir. Exercise is good for you. Yes. Um, buying cigarettes. Biggest waste uh, of oh, money. Oh, you know something? I actually had added, and I forgot. Thank you very much. I added a couple here that I couldn't put on because everybody faxed us there. Cigarettes, buying cigarettes, and the, the designer clothing. You know, people look around right. and buy stuff because it's got the little uh, fancy uh -huh. uh, little logo on it. You know, right because, on. Yeah. Cigarettes and designer clothing. We added those yet? Good. We're adding them now. Right. So there you go. I'm so glad the guy mentioned those faggots to me. WQAM, hello. Uncle Neil. Yes, sir. Wait, let me turn my radio down. Please, turn that, uh, put it in the uh, bathtub. I don't want to belabor the subject, but spats are uh, those white things that cover the shoes. They don't hold up socks. That sounds right. More yeah. light. You know what I mean? Like that, the guy, old, that, old that guy was full of crap. Yeah, I just, you know, I know it's a very important subject. What would you mean they cover up. shoes? What would they cover shoes? Well, what does that mean? Well, they were like, uh, if, so you don't, if your shoes were all kind of like messed up, they, it was like a white thing that covered the top of them. Like turn of the century kind of shoe. Yeah, yeah, maybe like back in the 20s, too, like they wore them with tuxedos. Okay, thanks a lot, and get a new phone. Uh, I don't even know what you're talking about. Things that cover your, like your lashes cover your shoes. Uh, yeah, I got them right and here. Rubbers. I'm going to send you a picture. Blow off some of them rubbers and cover your shoes with them. Because it's picture. hard to walk. Huh? I'm sending you a picture. Oh, don't, don't email me something. I don't want to see. I don't care about spats. My Who blood sugar is so high right now. What difference does it make? I'll be dead by 1230 anyhow. Well, this will put you over. What, spats? Yeah. I think we're about to have a spat. Uh-oh, a student raised a gun to police who shot him. Oh, is he dead? We can only hope. No, I mean, it was obvious right from the very beginning. But, again, let us let us look at the, the, all the facts. Yeah, let's look at all the facts and kill that kid. As, as soon as we uh, receive it. You sound like you're pretty clear that when you present this to the FDLE, you're going to present this as, no, as just I just right. told you what I know about the case. And and that's what, that I, that's what I do. I tell you and the public what happened here. And it's up to FDLE and the state attorney's office to make that judgment. Once again, that's the sheriff of Seminole County. There's more Let me fill in a few holes for you there that um, the, the sheriff didn't. Apparently, um, a boy brought a gun to school in a backpack at this middle school in Longwood, Florida. Some other kids tattled on him. And when that happened, he barricaded himself in a bathroom. When sheriff's deputies confronted him, according to sheriff's deputies, he raised his hand with the gun mm -hmm. in his hand, and sheriff's deputies shot the boy. Yeah. As you heard the sheriff say, they said they did it to protect the deputies as well as the boys' safety as well. His condition at this time is not known. The school was evacuated and the students and staff sent Well, we can only hope he's dead. Wouldn't you agree? No? No. Why not? I don't know. Well, what do you mean you don't know? Any kid that brings a gun to school, kill him. That's all. I don't put it into that crap. Well, but knives are okay, though, right? No. Bring a knife. Kill him twice. We used to do that all the time. If he brings a gun, just lightly kill him. But if he brings a knife, really stick it to him. How are you going to protect yourself from the bullies if you don't bring a gun? Take a Sam to Abu Ghraib and let them have their way with him, and then kill him if they don't do it first. Remember, I was just talking yesterday about yeah, you were going to school a hundred years ago, and, and the idea that kids would bring knives or guns or any kind of weapon to school is so ludicrous. And it, oh well, that's uh, the old days. You're just being an old fuddy-duddy. Yeah, right. No, the old days it's so old and fun, old fashioned to be like civilized, you know. That's why I like it here. Although we do have some of these uh, guns coming across the border, like from Cleveland, Detroit. Not to you know, get too specific. 
But generally speaking, most of the people here are civilized. There's a, there's a difference between civilized and like barbarian, like having no respect for human life. That's why America is so complacent about over 2,200 dead Americans in Iraq based on lies. They don't care. As long as it's not the, their family, somebody they know, they don't give a crap. They might tell you they care, but they don't. Because if they did care, they'd be rioting in the streets. They'd be like a revolution, but there's not. They're worried about garbage. They're worried about designer labels on what they buy, like Levi Strauss jeans with, with the iPod slot so you can uh, diddle your joystick. How'd you like that story yesterday? I liked it a lot. I started looking for some. Got a slot for your iPod in and there. And a slot, too. And I also got a slot for your uh, for your knives. Have you ever seen, you saw the uh, thing that was in uh, Bowling for Columbine. Yeah, what about it? Where that kid, that the uh, 16-year-old kid or however old he was, well, whatever, uh, he took all those guns out of his pants and out from under, remember that? Yeah, yeah, I could do that. Cool. WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes. How long before uh, Bush uh, invades Iran? Well, you know something? They were talking about this. We have no troops to evade Iran. If we had some troops available, we'd be in there right now. He was just on the TV with the German counselor talking about Yeah, I know. I just Iran. got through talking about that, yeah. bitch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Wonderful. Bye. Okay. He was just on TV. Did I just get through talking about her? He just got through talking about that. Oh, they're, they're the two of them are together again. He was just on TV again, over and over and over again. He's got his own show now every day. And here's that fact with that story again. We don't want the facts, okay? Find the number where they came from and kill them. They're Let's faxing from people. their computer, so I can't even fax it. Ah, jeez, probably Eric. No, it's some uh, hole. Some hole? They're using right facts, which in this case no. is wrong facts. We don't want it, okay? We don't want it. Cut the crap. So at least the calls are good today as opposed to the faxes that really suck. By the way, these facts are only $30 a pair. Yeah, and what do you do with them? Uh, uh, them. Put them on your shoes. For what? You've seen them, these old-fashioned tuxedos. It's part of the whole gear. I have not seen them. Well, if you open up your email, you will. Oh, no, not on Yahoo. No, no, you're a regular... Uh, oh, on a regular one? I don't, I, don't, I don't like Yahoo at all. Well, then, uh, you know... Can I it. hate it. I hate it. Can it? No, I'm not going to can it, because it's like, uh, good to have like, a whole bunch of emails. Yes, it is. In addition to which, now that we found out that everybody's listening to your cell phone messages and finding out who you're talking to and getting a whole list of your bills every month and uh, can get anybody's, uh, that's nice, too. I wonder if that's true for your BlackBerry. I'm sure. You think? Well, Uncle Sucker can find it, that's for sure. Uncle Sucker? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm sitting here eating candy and you try, this is like the gaslight syndrome all over again, you know? No. Trying to convince me that my blood sugar has gone so high that I'm like incoherent. I, I can't. I just can't communicate. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uncle Sam. Okay, let, let's get back to this new poll here, man. We got an, a really good one for the weekend. Nothing like getting a good poll on a weekend. In fact, let's get a poll axe. Or just a few poll axe. Or have a time. Have a party. 76 votes. What was the biggest waste of money? What is the biggest waste? Giving to churches and shoals, etc. 23. So this is the anti religion crowd. Good. Like I said, the people who listen, not the, the callers are idiots. The people that sit back passively and listen, those are the good people, man. Because anybody with an IQ larger than his thumb would never call a stupid radio talk show. I guarantee you that. Even this one. Expensive car, 10. Yeah, who needs a $40,000 Corvette? Much less two of them. Getting married, 8. Gambling, 8. Oh, Wednesday, that would have been my answer. Wow. Might as well just burned it. But then again, it's all just blind chance, man. It's all random. Well, guess what? Yeah, 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 mama. Having kids, seven. Expensive watch, seven. Giving to charities, four. Buying cigarettes, those nasty faggots, they'll kill you, three. Eating all your meals out, three, like the humper. It'll kill them. 
Buying designer clothing, too. Buying health or natural foods, one. Sending kids to private schools, none. And expensive restaurants, zero. This is Neil oh. Rogers. Oh. This is 560 QAM. Hank Goldberg. Weekday morning, 7 to 10. Randy Fun. Yeah, the Lakers on Monday. Kobe has just been playing incredibly. And people still criticize Kobe because they say he's not distributing the ball enough. But they're winning with him putting up 40 points a night. As a coach, what do you do with Kobe? I think the great question for the Lakers is how far can he carry them? And it certainly looks like he's going to be able to carry them from night to night to some wins. But does that project into a playoff team? And we got a young guy that puts up some pretty good numbers, yes, too, and Dwayne. And I like those 13 for 17 nights that Dwayne has as opposed to those 19 for 41 nights that Kobe has. The Hammer, Hank Goldberg, 7 to 10. Sports Radio 560. That's the American can win. Absolutely. Another skull shooting. How unusual. How rare, huh? Just uh, nobody cares. Martin warns against the importing U.S. style extreme right. And by the way, you are losing it. It's not me. I finally figured it out during the break. You didn't email that to the uh, ordinary uh, thing. You, you mailed it to the Yahoo thing. Oh, then I didn't change it on that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My bad. I'll change it. And I'm going to tell you, I looked at that picture you sent me with those spats. That is so gay. <laughs> oh, my God. Have you seen that? Uh... No, I have not. Oh, come on. I ain't never seen no spats. At your age? Yeah, you see, and what does that tell you? That, that's when I'm you hip wear and I'm those cool, like uh, that, the, the guy that's on following the show. I'm a hipster, man. Right, a ding-dong daddy, man. You that's really right, dead. I'm a ding-dong daddy and a burglar, a uh, pizza burglar. Anyway, <laughs> all for him. <laughs> Liberal Prime Minister Paul Martin warned Canadians yesterday. Of course, Paul is desperate. You're going to lose. You're going down a week from Monday, Paulie. You blew it. You blew it. You opened up the door for fascism in Canada, eh? Uh, warned Canadians yesterday that his main rival, conservative leader Stephen Harper, would turn the country into a bastion for a U.S.-style extreme right. I really do believe that Canadians don't want to buy the far conservative right in the U.S., Martin said in a TV appearance. They don't want to see it imported here. They do understand that a sharing working together has been the way we've built this country. The liberals are trailing conservatives in opinion polls. Eight or nine points, by the way. And Harper appears on track to deny the liberals a fifth consecutive mandate in the election week from Monday. Harper dismissed Martin's criticism as not believable, especially after the liberals released a series of negative ads that seek to portray him as a frightening extremist, which is exactly what he is, by the way. Well, there you go. But a beep, but a boop, not the name by South of the Border cares, because, after all, misery loves company. Speaking of miserable p- bastards, evangelist Pat Robertson apologized in a Wednesday letter for saying that the major stroke suffered by Israeli Prime Minister, Prime Minister Ariel Sharon was a divine retribution for dividing God's land. 
He apologized because he got a lot of heat and a lot of flack for it. And the Israeli said, Chabdir and Dreher, no, no, I love Israel. The apology offered in a letter to Sharon's son, Omri, followed a threat by Israel to exclude Robertson from a proposed $50 million Christian heritage threat in northern Israel. In other words, he took a, he retracted his comments and apologized. And he wanted to know why, because it was bad for business. Mm -hmm. My zeal, my love of Israel, my concern for the future safety of your nation led me to make remarks which I can now view in retrospect as inappropriate and insensitive in light of a national grief experience because of your father's illness, Robertson wrote. Yeah. I apologize. Your mama. In his letter, Robertson expressed profound sympathy for Sharon, who's making, well, it says he's making slight improvement, but I got another article about him. Uh-huh. Dead man uh, laying down. He added, I ask your forgiveness and the forgiveness of the people of Israel for saying what was clearly insensitive at the time. And now that Charles Taylor ain't there in Liberia anymore, that diamond thing went south. He's got to find some other scam he can get, make millions on. I'm sorry. The evangelist also chided the news media for not conveying the heartfelt sentiments he also expressed the day after Sharon fell ill. Robertson, who vehemently opposed Sharon's dismantling of Israeli settlements in Gaza, told viewers of his obnoxious, disgusting, uh, hateful, uh, hateful piece of crap, the 700 Club, that God was exacting revenge on Sharon for his actions in Gaza. Or is that Gaza? That's how they say it here, like Mazda and Gaza. Mm -hmm. It's a Canadian thing, eh? Woe unto any prime minister. Woe be unto us. Even Howard Beale said that. Look what happened to poor Howard. Woe unto any prime minister of Israel who takes a similar course to appease the... Yeah, we already been through. You're an idiot. You're an idiot, Pat. You're a Nazi. You're a, a lunatic. You're a religious, hate-mongering, uh, hate-spreading piece of turd. Now, speaking of a fat-ass Sharon, you know, I, I ate that candy bar. Now, when's the last time I ever ate candy during a show? I can't even remember. And especially since I've been doing the shows here. Never. Never, ever, never. In fact, you know what it reminds me of? What? Remember the day that, that one of our listeners, she sent me a box of Rogalach? I was there. Uh-huh. And I was eating those, and during the show, my blood sugar must have gone to like about a thousand. Remember That's that? Right. I do. With all that powdered sugar on it, oh, oh just, just sickeningly sweet crap. Practically swooning. I'm going to tell you this right now, okay? Seriously, John Jarris has got an IQ larger than his head, which he's got a big head, and he should know better, and you should bitch him out. Don't I, say Neil thanks you for the candy. Tell Neil is really pissed off. He's diabetic, and uh, he's. A, it would be like saying like the time Howard sent uh, Stern sent Imus a bottle of booze at WNBC after Stern uh, Imus just got back from rehab. I already uh, pre-bitched him, but not too severely because I thought that it wasn't going to show up. Well, it did show up, and, and so, now so he can post bitch him. Right, I'll rebitch him. Tell him the old man had a freaking stroke on here because of his gosh darn. Uh, see, I almost said it. Uh, Milka bars. You know, it would have been one thing if he sent me something uh, unique and different and uh, really, uh, I mean, it's like no. just plain chocolate. It don't even have any nuts in it. That would have been even worse. What? Because then you would have eaten twice as much. No. Well, what? If it would have been good? If it would have been something really good. Oh, yeah, like I said, thanks, John, for sending me some plain, boring pedestrian crap. Milk chocolate my ass. <laughs> I'll go get the... <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, you, you must have seen these. Milka, M-I-L-K-A. Melts, melts in your ass? Yeah, it tastes like it. No, I'm serious. It's, 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 he's he's it's brought them in before. It's, 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 as, it's as pedestrian as eating a Hershey bar. It's a little mild. It's, it's actually quite so mild. It's just it's, it's bland. It's nothing. It's nothing. And how many times have I told you, if you're going to cheat, have something really sensational. They're really good. You know, like, like Nestle's Turtle or Banana Nut, Haagen-Dazs. Or, or, or even, you know what, I actually uh, I started getting into that douchey de leche stuff. Yeah. I apologize to your people because they're the ones obsessed with that douchey de leche. I apologize. It's but, too, uh, it's actually too pretty sweet. good. It's too sweet for me, actually. It is sickeningly sweet. Right. I like it. Didn't we talk about yeah. uh, key lime pie and pecan yes, pie did. the other day? Right. Well, there you go. In fact, when I said pecan pie, I just started swooning. 
Because I was agreeing with you when you were knocking it. It's like, yeah, not for me, man. Knocking what? The Dulce de Leche flavored uh, whatever. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not doing any of that today. I already had a candy bar, and I got another one in the freezer because uh, I do like frozen candy. Don't you? Uh, well, yeah, frozen, cold, at least in the fridge at the very least. No, no. I mean, well, not even I mean, like frozen like a brick. Right. No, just cold and firm. But nice and cold and firm. Right. And the candy, too. Man, there ain't nothing like that. What the hell are we talking about? I don't know. Candy. probably said a few words I probably shouldn't have already because I'm incoherent. Because John Jarrett at Power 96 is a crazy person like that. He probably is kind of ishka bull. Nut job. Lunatic. Sending candy to an old aging diabetic. He's trying to kill me. I know that. He probably wants a midday show. Not fooling me. Or he probably wants me out of the way because he's insecure now that we got the new boss in there. He doesn't know uh, who's on first, like a lot of other people around there. I don't know whether I should mention it or not, but you said it's on the bulletin board, that thing that Norma can't... And by the way, Norma, don't be stirring up a bunch of crap, okay? We had a great new general manager. I had a great conversation with him uh, the other day on Tuesday for half an hour. He loves me. I love him. Everything is great, which, of course, see, Norma, it's like the physicians that don't want to keep you healthy. Uh-huh. They want to keep you sick because otherwise there's no need for you to see them. Same with Norma. He wants to stir up a bunch of crap and keep it like always, ah, like that, because otherwise I don't need him. And since he's hodling me for money already, and it's only the uh, Friday the 13th of January, that's not a good sign. So don't be bugging Joe Bell, okay? He's got plenty of fish to fry there without you uh, stirring up the pot. Okay, go smoke some, Norma, and quit stirring it. You loser, you... You fair Right. So I don't know if I want to... About that sales manager thing? But you said it's on the bulletin board. Uh, in the kitchen, that's what I was told. I didn't what see it, it personally. I didn't see it. Oh. So... I uh, know I don't think that's the one, but anyway, you better go take a look at it during the break because I want to make. I'm not going to mention it. Okay. Oh I, no, I don't want to mention. Don't. Yeah, I don't want to start. Me. All I want to do is say something to Curtis Raymond Burr. Bye bye bye. Oh okay. 131 votes in just a half an hour. That's pretty weak. What's the biggest waste of money? Going to church or giving to churches, shuls, etc. 39. Gambling 20. Buying cigarettes 14. Expensive watch like you idiots with those Rolexes 11. Although we do like to trade out. Expensive car, 10, getting married, 9, having kids, 8, giving to charity, 7, eating all your meals out, 6, buying designer clothing, 5, buying health or natural foods, 2, yeah. Sending kids to private schools and expensive restaurants, so far, the big... Oh, well, they like Roots Chris, I guess. You know, the roll is... This is what? Neil Rogers. Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Friday, you bastard.
It Hoyt. It's 1233 at QAM. And you know what also hoits the fact that you wasted my time and my uh, sheet of paper sending me this fact from Chronic Pedro. I don't, uh, that topic bores me to death. Uh, he makes a good point, though, I think. Hey, let me say it again. That topic bores me to tears. All right. No moss. Just uh, give it a rest. Uh, I just took my blood sugar. I want you to go. I want you to find oh. John Jarrus in the middle. Now, listen. You know that machete that's sitting over there on uh, the counter? I threw it away. It wasn't sharp. Oh, damn it. Well, get, get a sharp one. I'll use my hijacking knife. Yeah, you use a uh, sharp instrument and go and uh, purloin his ass. What a, what a jackass. Let me just take it one more time, okay? When I got up this morning, my sugar was a nice 112, which, you know, although the Atkins book says it should be 110 or less if you're diabetic. But you know something? 112 is close enough. That's a nice number. You'll take it. You know what it is right now? Uh, 180. No. 210. No. Higher? 256. Oh. Well, sure, oh from eating a candy God. bar, and not only that, but while I'm uh, stressed out working on the ear. Uh-huh. You're a crazy person, John Jarris. I ought to sue his ass. Go back to Bavaria, okay? Now, if he would have sent me, like, a nice Bavarian cream pie or something, at least it'd be worth dying for that. Mm, not nice. a stinking-ass Milka bar. This is caca, man. Milka my ass. Jesus, God, is that garbage. I'm sure there's some of our people out there. They know what I'm talking about. It's just a plain, flat chocolate bar. It just, this is... Well, you didn't have to eat it. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I, I try to have that conversation with people. Yeah. When they send you something or give you something or bring something. And, well, yeah, it's like the it. woman from Toronto that used to bring me the Smarties at the Panther hockey games, that bitch. And I would plead with yeah. her. I said, please stop doing this. I'm diabetic. Oh, no, I know you love these. It was like she was deaf. No matter what I would say to her. And then, of course, I would eat them there because I'm, like, obsessed with that, although I haven't had any of those in years. And, and uh, during the game, my blood sugar would go skyrocketing over 300. My head would start sweating and like, oh, vey. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, Killing you, you with kindness. Killing you with kindness. Stop. I, I'm pleased to see over 200 people have read that article about the uh, diabetes, the Derek Jackson one I read uh -huh. the other day on the air. At least, at least that's something. Speaking of stop. What? That bung keeps faxing. Yeah, and what am I supposed to do about it? You know, you know what this reminds me of? So, I mean, let's lay it right out there on the table. I had a call yesterday from your close personal friend. You know, the friend that we share who uh, talks about you? No. Yeah, you do. I don't want to say Dave on here. Oh, yeah. And so he had some kind of an issue about a beep with his business or whatever. I, I, nothing I can do about it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's the same with the facts. What am I supposed to do about the facts that I keep nothing. telling on the ear? Stop sending them, okay? What else would you like me to do? Huh? Nothing. Just would you like me to take a sharp instrument and stab it through my no. heart? No. Would you like me to take take a, a gigantic piece, a roll of toilet paper, and shove the whole thing inside my Rectum. ass to keep it clean? I mean, what would maybe, you like uh, me to do? Maybe through the faxer's heart. That There's nothing I can do about it, okay? Call your management, okay? Call your engineer. <laughs> Call uh, Philip Morris, okay? Call for Philip Morris. You see, I'm going to become really incoherent once my blood sugar gets to 300 in a couple of minutes. Oh, be really it, good. It's still on the way up, see? Oh, geez. Oh, geez, what? The best is yet to come. I'm starting to get a headache. Right. I'm seeing Laura Bush on my screen. Makes me want to puke up all that candy, which would probably be a good idea. Thanks, John Jarrett. Yeah, thanks, John Jarrett, you jackass. I was feeling great this morning. I got a nice three-day holiday uh, weekend coming up. Tomorrow, Saturday, and uh, whatever it is, Sunday and Monday, whatever planet I'm on. And this, this bastard, this lunatic, just go away, okay? I hate you like poison. If, if, if being your friend means I have to take your candy and make myself sick, I'd just as soon be your enemy, John Juris. Just go away. I have no dealings with you. You have nothing to do with QA. You have nothing to do with the station, with this show, with my life, except that you're trying to curtail it. 
So just take your candy and stick it. Stick your stick your milka where the moon don't shine. God, hate people that do that to you. It's just it, it's it's unacceptable. And you sat back and allowed it to happen on that end. Excuse me. You sat back and encouraged him. Probably said, That's "Oh, listen, right. don't just say I'm one of those. They're so good. He'll definitely want right. at least two. Send them the box. Yeah, send him a send, exactly." Send him a whole carton of those. I bitched him out because I thought that could have gone to a good cause, me and my starving ass. Right, that's right. You're probably your uh, wife would have liked it. It probably made her sick to is all hell. Giving you reason to put a smile on your face. Giving you hope for the future. <laughs> yeah, right. There was a story on, uh, you know, those investigative reports. There was a dateline or was it uh, that other thing? Look at that, still going up. 14.3, let's see, what is that? Um, 256 and 6. 262. You're going to hit the jackpot any minute now. Yeah, I'm going to hit the floor any minute now. Thanks to your buddy, John Jarris, that George encouraged him. Oh, he loves uh, chocolate. He loves you know, chocolate, some, but the sweeter the better. Some of that German chocolate. Right. See, the German food I could eat is the bratwurst because it doesn't have any carbs in it. It's great. Couldn't send me a case of those, could you? Like with that freezer pack in it like they do from Omaha States? No. Sends me stinking candy bars that I could buy across the street. You cheap Nazi bastard, you. WQAM, hello. Yeah, I'm going to hit the floor Neil. Yes, sir. How you doing? All right. What was that in the back? What did I just hear? I don't know what that was either. It was kind of a bizarre sound. Yeah. I thought maybe uh, it was the radio. It probably has something to do with it. Maybe you were listening I'm to the I'm a diabetic man. I'm a fellow diabetic, Neil, and it's uh, it's like at the holidays, despite constantly urging people that you're diabetic, they want to put like a cheesecake on your plate. Yeah. For one reason or another. But uh, no, for, couple... no, for only one reason. There is only one, and that is to kill you. It is. It's a little. They're killing us you know? with kindness, man, and I'm sick of it. But give give some cigarettes to a lung cancer patient. It's, it's just it's ridiculous. But yeah, think about our our good friend Alito. Uh, in those hearings, I mean, we all know where he's he's coming from. He's yeah. the future Nazi of America. I saw his hip boots. I saw the boots. He's not fooling me. I mean, it's he's disturbing. A uh, they uh, they did have. I actually watched some of it. There's one witness that says ninety five percent or ninety percent of all cases, and he voted. To go with the government. When That's it comes right. To big government, big business against the little people, against minorities, against uh, everybody except uh, Heinrich Himmler and that crowd. That's that's. Yeah, he actually wrote an opinion where he thought it was appropriate to shoot a fleeing black teenager in the back. There you go. <laughs> Gotta love the guy. Good stuff. All right. Take okay, care now. Okay. Hey, listen. I'll see you at the border, man. Exactly. Although right. we got Stephen Harper coming in, so like I said, good luck to all of us. We'll get in that little rowboat and row real fast. Now, the other day, we were talking about the, that wet foot, dry foot thing. Mm -hmm. And I really was remiss because, you know what I didn't play? Big Lance. Get away. You talked about it. And feel the release. Smell the fresh sea air. Take in the unparalleled experience of Cuban rafting on Big Atlantic. It's like a vacation. Away from your troubles. Your life back home. You're the skipper on a journey to a better place. The only thing between you and your destination is whatever nature has planned for you that day. Unpredictable, breathtaking, life-threatening, Cuban rafting on the Atlantic. Row your way to something better. Row faster. No faster. Here come the sharks. Gotta row much faster than that. Row, damn it. Paid for by the U.S. Navy. This is Neil Rogers. <laughs> this is 562 AM. Suck it in and hold it.
I'm dying out here. Twelve forty-six on Incoherent Radio. Oh, speaking of incoherence, your own doctor is worried about failure to regain consciousness. He's still uh, like that, kind of like I'm getting now. Drooly. Prime Minister Ariel Sharon remained comatose and in critical condition today, nine days after his massive stroke. And Israeli media said his doctors were increasingly concerned about his failure to regain consciousness after sedation was eased. Israel TV's Channel 10 and Israel Army Radio quoted Hadassah Hospital officials as saying, the word that Sharon still shows no signs, he's waking up from his induced coma. However, Hadassah spokesman Ron Krumer said there's no trim, uh, firm trim line. <laughs> Careful. No firm timeline for when Sharon should open his eye, eye, eyes. I like that. No firm trim line. I think I know where the line is. But anyway. Also, did you see that movie yet? Uh, the Human no. Stain? No, not yet. You better watch it. Start right now. I, I bet you if I took that chair again, about five, ten minutes, it's going to be over 300. I feel like Wolf. And you Wolf allowed Wolf. this to happen. See, that, that that's... Right. That's the reward I get for being loyal and going to bat for certain right. people. I allowed it. Going out on he a limb. You, after the you encouraged it. You probably suggested it. I didn't it. give him the address. I didn't yeah. know he no, was, that was going Miguel. to do it. That was Miguel again I gave me the address. I bitched him out after I found out that he did do it. In fact, I you said, were on vacation, so Josh can't blame you, because I think it was right. Josh who told Miguel to go ahead and give him the address. Isn't that how it went down? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, how the hell did I know he was going to be so stupid to send candy? If he would have sent the card and the uh, and I mean, the I didn't give him the address. I don't, I don't... Uh, no, Miguel did. And if he would have sent the card and the calendar, wouldn't that have been just a nice enough? Night? Oh, my God, 16. That's like 286, 288. And rising. You see, it takes uh, really up to a four-hour period, not usually, right. but like, you know, that the sugar keeps mm-hmm. going up and up and up and up and up and up and away like Superman, like Sugar Man. Like Sugar Daddy. You maniac, you lunatic, Jairus, you, you incompetent Nazi bastard, you fool, you clown. This is how much he likes me, man. This is what a good friend this is. In fact, now what kind, is he still driving that Nazi mobile? He drives a Jaguar. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, they're British. When you see him out there in the parking lot on the way, I'll just, just run his ass off the road. I'll just key it. That's a little hint from uh, Human Stain, by the way. Oh, I, I shouldn't spoil the ending. WQAM, hello. Hey, Tom Harris, you idiot, you quizzling, you fairy. WQAM, hello. Okay, these are good. This has been quite a day. WQAM, hello. Okay, good. Yeah, say hi to Bubba the Low Sponge, too, by the way. Take the job. Take the job. WQAM, hello. Yeah, the primal fear of staining my pants brings happiness to the city of God, and that's a straight story. Wait, where was he going with that? Rectum. <laughs> right to the magic room. WQAM, hello. You've got to kiss a moon cricket. Good morning. Tell him that you're sorry for enslaving them all. You've got to. Never heard that one before, did you? <laughs> oh, that's an interesting one. Oh, by the way, in the movie Human Stain, uh, Anthony Hopkins loses his professorial job because he used the word spooks. I see. In, uh, yeah. And come to find out that he was science? a black guy passing himself off as a Jewish white guy. But nevertheless, in the end, uh, they both get theirs. In the end. WQAM, hello. Yeah. WQAM, hello. Hi, Neil. Yes, sir. I got one for your poll. Extended warranties. They're worthless. Absolutely. Good choice. Okay. And also, um, about Pat Robertson's apology, 
Yeah. You notice he never says he's wrong. He just says it was bad timing or insensitive. Yeah. But he never says what he says was total crap. That's because it was for the love of Israel. So he must love the people of Venezuela even that much more. No, but when a murderer is sentenced and then he uh, apologizes... Listen, why, why are you trying to reason about a crazy person, okay? Like George no, always says, be very fearful of crazy people. I understand he's a nut, but I'm saying nobody holds him accountable. Because he's a religious nut. Don't you understand? The, man, the media are uh, scared crapless of religion, man. Scared to death. I'll tell you one thing, man. I got my window, my sliding glass window in the living room open, and it's still a too warm in here. What's that? Yeah. What's the... well, you better close it before you jump out. 46. No, that's in the other room. Okay. Well, you know something? That's a good idea. That'll get my sugar down once I hit the ground. <laughs> Ray McGovern writes. Ray McGovern, who works, he's a 27-year veteran of the CIA's analyzation ranks. Now on the steering group of veterans. Well, we, we get his columns all the time, Ray McGovern. No, no kid to George, by the way. A little, little less wimpy than George. James Risen's State of War, the secret history of the CIA and the Bush administration, may hold bigger secrets than the disclosure that President Bush authorized warrantless eavesdropping on Americans. Risen's book also confirms the most damaging element, the most damning element of the British Cabinet Office memos, as, uh, popularly called the Downing Street memos. Remember those that we don't hear about anymore? What are those? Namely, that the intelligence and the facts were being fixed around the policy. The result is that no longer credible to maintain that the failures in the Iraqi intelligence were the product of a broken intelligence community. Uh, the Bush administration deliberately fabricated the case against Iraq, lying to Congress and the American people along the way. Risen, senior reporter for the New York Times, reports that British Prime Minister Tony Blair had an urgent need in the summer of 2002 to get the equivalent of a second opinion regarding Bush's plans for war in Iraq, insight independent of his own telephone conversations with the president and independent of what Blair was hearing from his own foreign orifice. During his April 2002 visit to Crawford, Blair had gone out on a limb and pledging to support war on Iraq. The following month saw so him getting nervous, so he chose what intelligence parlance calls a back channel and sent the chief of British intelligence, Richard Dearlove, all oh, those Brits, to Washington to sound out his counterpart, the guerrilla CIA director, George Tenet, who he knew to be very close to the president. The highly revealing Downing Street memo contained the minutes of Dearlove's briefing of Blair and his top advisors upon his return from Washington on July 23rd, but what the memo left unanswered was the question of who gave Dearlove the confidence to say this to his prime minister. He said, military action was now seen as inevitable. Bush wanted to remove Saddam through military action, justified by conjunction of terrorism and WMD. But the intelligence and the facts were being fixed around the policy. When the Sunday Times published the minutes of that key briefing on May 1st, 2005, it seemed a safe bet that Dear Love's source was tenant, and I said so, says Ray McGovern. Now we have the confirmation. Risen writes that George Tenet was reluctant to receive Dear Love, but acquiesced when the British made it clear that Blair considered the back-channel meeting urgent. Tenet then rose to the occasion with a vengeance. Risen, quoting a former senior CIA official who helped host the British for a session that lasted most of Saturday, July 20th, 2002, reports that Tenet and Dearlove had a 90-minute one-on-one conversation during which Tenet was very candid. And what a concept. Risen adds that by the time of this intelligence summit, senior CIA officials had concluded that the quality of the intelligence on weapons of mass destruction didn't really matter since war was inevitable. That perverse attitude certainly prevailed two months later when the fabricated National Intelligence Estimate on Iraq and WMD was produced by Tenet's National Intelligence Council in a successful attempt to deceive Congress into voting for war. A former CIA official told Risen that after the conversation with Tenet, Richard Dearlove could certainly figure out what was going on, plus the MI6 station chief in Washington was in CIA headquarters all the time with just about complete access to everything. In any case, we now know that Blair got what he wanted to out of the visit, the inside scoop from someone enjoying the complete trust of and daily access to President Bush. 
The president now says he doesn't want his political opposition to dwell on how he lied to Congress and the American people in order to invade a country and kill tens of thousands of Iraqi civilians and more than 2,200 U.S. troops, not to mention the many thousands maimed for life. Perhaps he knows that Risen's book could do as much damage to his administration by calling renewed attention to the Downing Street memos as is likely to be done by the revelations of the secret NSA wiretapping. And it goes on. There you go. Ray McGovern says. Okay? All right. Not, of course, that anybody should care about these things when we've got really important stuff to be worried about. That's right. Like that Gay. cowboy movie and, uh, you know, Angelina Jolie having a baby and all these other things. Oh, I haven't played that in a while today. People are talking. Oh! Can it really be? Did Brad put the baby in Angelina Jolie? Absolutely. Well, the rumors say it happened. Exactly. Well, we don't know when. I can't wait to hear until the news is given to me. Oh! Is Angelina pregnant? Can it be? This is Neil Rogers. Watch solid. This is 560 QAM. The one to two hour. Somebody's mic is open. When she took the stage on New Year's Eve, I thought that I might die. And I couldn't look away, I'd say, no matter how I tried. It was like she had two watermelons underneath her dress. She looked like a combination of Miss Piggy and Mae West. Oh, Mariah, you must tell us, please. When you let those puppies go, do they wind up around your knees? Never forget the time, it was 11.35 That's the very moment I realized that her boobs were alive They were bobbing, they were jumping, they were begging to get loose And I think the only thing bigger on her was her caboose Oh, Mariah, at least you hit the stars Which is not easy to do when you've got two as big as cars Rectum! It was like I could touch them cause I was watching in HD If you stack them on top of each other, they're as tall as me It's a good thing they did not keep you on stage for very long Otherwise I think we'd have a brand new girlfriend for King Kong Oh Mariah, your bra must need a break 
I bet you would not get hurt if you stepped on a garden rail. Oh, Mariah, what else can we say? You could make the Brokeback Mountain Cowboys wish that they weren't gay. You fairy. 102 at 560 WQM. Happy Friday the 13th, man. I should have known. Full moon tomorrow, Friday the 13th today. Oh, right. man. So did he say the F word? Who? Josh with his mic open there. Oh, and that's what that was. I heard somebody saying, hey, 1 o'clock. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't make out the rest. <laughs> yeah, well, who you know, was a little shout there, you know. Who was know. in there? Uh, uh, Todd came in and hit the mic on. Todd? <laughs> Todd Dreck? Uh, no, not that Todd. No, what you Todd? Oh, Todd, the Oh. Hey, Todd. You fairy. Anyway. What a jackass. Yeah, he sounded like a real whimpering guy. Did I ever meet him? I keep asking you that. I hope not. No, I don't think so. You'll be so. very proud of me, by the way. You know what I did during that break? Threw the other chocolate bar out the window, I hope. No, not out the window. I took the little box that all that crap came in, and I put uh, the card and the wrappings, and I went to the refrigerator, the freezer, and I took the other candy bar out, and I stuck it in the box, and I went down the hall of the garbage room, and oh, I opened go. up the chute, and I shoot it right down there. Stuck it down the chute? I said, I'll shoot and get, get lost. Very good. No, seriously, I... I wouldn't buy that candy bar. I wouldn't take it if they gave it to me for free. Well, but you did. When you go into a supermarket here or a drugstore, I mean, they sell candy like on a street corner. I mean, there's more candy here than uh, Carter's got pills. It's not all they and, sell. Uh, I, I wouldn't buy that under any circumstances. It's as bland and plain as like uh, listen to the Lenny Martin show. Although at least he's uh, amusing b by accident. There is nothing amusing about Milka Bar. It is so absolutely grotesque. <laughs> Milk of my ass, John Jarris. Seriously, you ought to like to uh, shoot him. Just shoot his ass. Oh, speaking of that, here's a little mo about that uh, situation. Deputy shot a suicidal 15-year-old student who brandished a gun at Millwee Middle School near Longwood this morning. Longwood, Florida. Never heard of it, did you? No. It's in Seminole County. After chasing the boy into a restroom, Seminole County Sheriff Don Esslinger said, the student was taken to a hospital. His condition still not disclosed. The boy brought a gun to school in his backpack, Elsinger said, and briefly took a fellow student hostage in a classroom while other students evacuated, probably in their pants. I don't imagine. After a scuffle, the 15-year-old ran from the classroom and traveled with this firearm throughout the campus, Elsinger said. He was pursued by deputies into a restroom and isolated there. Maybe he was evacuating. The other student was not injured. Neither were any of the students, teachers, or staff, school staff. He was suicidal, Esslinger said, and while deputies attempted to establish a dialogue, he raised his gun to his neck and said he would kill himself or die one way or another, Esslinger said. At one point, the boy raised his weapon and deputies shot him. The middle school, which is near Lyman High School, I wonder if that's named after Frankie Lyman. And the teenagers, how appropriate. On Ronald Reagan Boulevard. Oh, teenagers. this must be some kind of a town. Where is this? Longwood. Oh, let's do a week of remotes from Longwood was being closed for the day and groups of students being escorted to the Progress Energy Facility on the north side of the school where dozens of pa parents had gathered. Well, there you go again. That's America for you. A lot of uh, guns laying around, a lot of pissed off kids, suicidal kids. Everybody's got a gun. No more toy guns, just real ones now. That's it. All you crazy gun people, you love me, you love me, you love them. Just like Barbara Stella loved the Jewish people, Americans love their guns. Oh, they love to polish them and wax them and squeeze them and fondle them. And their guns, too. Wait till you hear this. I thought they were. I thought for this they would probably be excavating in Sunrise Lakes if they want to find ancient. But archaeologists are excavating two American Indian burial sites in downtown Miami. Say they have found hundreds of remains piled in limestone fissures. Some of them stacked in stone burial boxes. Right near Fisher Island, I heard. I, and I was just thinking of that. What, her, what was her name? 
Oh, gee. The IOD lady. Claudine, you know who I'm talking about. Claudine, Eugene. Yeah, Claudine Lager. Get out of here. You didn't even know who Claudine Lager was. I still don't. Ah, get out of here. I know. I looked her up. She was she married was... to Andy Williams. She was a famous... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, she was a hottie a long time ago. A, a frog, yeah. And she had that uh, skiing boyfriend. Was it Clara? This... Huh? Clara Fisher? I, I don't know. The remains are at least five centuries old and luckily are the ancestors of the Tequesta tribe that met explorer Juan Pasa de Leon in 1513 when he claimed the land for Spain, archaeologists said. How do you like that? So the Spaniards are coming in and taking over Miami. Well, I think they already already have. That's right. Yeah. So at least if they're laying claim to it, all you crackers get out of there, okay? Because it's a Spanish place. No speaking English aquí. We were here first. There you go. The idea of a crypt-like structure that's never been observed anywhere in South Florida before, crypt. said Robert Carr. Oh, did I mention that Mrs. Horkheimer was on CNN this morning? Not on the air. And that her uh, hairpiece nearly fell <laughs> off on one side. That, that was great. I was waiting for that thing, that muskrat, to crawl right down her hair. Hey, Jack! You fairy! Anyway, Robert Carr, director of the Archaeological and Historical Conservancy, bone piles were discovered in at least five fissures on the former side of the railroad magnet, maggot Henry Flagler's 19th century Royal Palm Hotel, Carr said. The site is near a burial mound that was destroyed more than 100 years ago. Two other burial boxes called ossuaries have been discovered in the area, but they contain the remains of no more than a dozen people. The tribe probably kept the bones above ground for some time before burying them in a mass, scooping out soil in the fissures, burying the bones, and then covering the grave, said archaeologist Ryan Wheeler. He said in terms of the rest of Florida, we've never seen anything that's been the same. It's a very unusual mode of burial. Well, if you've ever been to Miami, it's pretty unusual, all right. Very strange. Ain't it? Yeah, it is. I'm looking for that cart. What cart is that? The, one the old lady. About Fisher Island and yeah. about uh, her husband. Uh, oh, the WIOD, Wonderful Isle of Dreams. and the, uh, So syrupy and so saccharine. Oh, Baby Noor released from hospital. I couldn't care less. Okay, if I never saw Baby Noor again, it would be too soon. You heartless, nasty, obnoxious bastard. How come we don't see Baby uh, a little Ali? Lucky with Ali? His arms and limbs missing. Isn't he bionic eyes yet? Lucky Ali. What's the biggest waste of money? That's our poll for the weekend, 287 votes. That's uh, kind of weak. Buying cigarettes, 65, is tied with giving to churches and schools, etc., 65. See, I don't see why buying cigarettes is a waste of money if you're addicted to nicotine. Why is it a waste of money? Be like saying, buy, huh? Right, because there's no buzz in it, per se. No, but that's not the point. Why, it's not a waste of money if that's what you like, although they are very expensive. Molto caro. Very well, I do love those Italian lessons we're getting on the air. Oh, those are really great. Molto bene. Anyway, gambling, 42. Expensive watch, 25. Getting married, 18. Expensive car, 17. Having kids, 13. Eating all meals out, 12. Buying designer clothing, 10. Giving to charities, 10. Extended warranties, 3. Buying health and natural foods, 3. Sending kids to private schools, 3. And expensive restaurants finally got 1. Yeah, I mean, when you can go to the ranch house, although they don't have the raw, or like Sambo's, they don't got their wags. I still say I like wags a lot. Me too. In fact, I'm wagging it right now. I'm going to take my blood sugar I bet one you more are. time. Huh? bet you're wagging lots of things right now. Yeah, I'm wigwagging. And your health is flagging, too. Like in baseball, they wigwag the signs. Huh? I forget, I forget what announcer used to say that. He's wigwagging the signs. And it wasn't even the Indians who were playing. Okay, here we go. You hear that little beep? Could you hear that? I heard it. Really? Could you? Yeah, I did. I'm going to hold it right up to the thing so when it uh, bleeps out. There you go. Good timing. Oh, no. You don't want to know about this number. Uh, 320. Woo-wee. 
Well, I got to I got to transpose it. Seventeen point five times eighteen is two seventy, and two thirty six is uh, three sixteen. It was close to death. I mean, this is this is. I mean, you're you're yucking it up, man. This is not no, no. fun. At a time when a week and a half ago, I thought my blood pressure was going to kill me after that really right. traumatic. Uh, tra- oh, and by the way, they had another Air Canada situation uh, yesterday morning at uh, Fort Lauderdale. I'm not too sold on that airport. I think they got some issues there. They might. Well, you know, they were still under construction up until recently. Yeah, they suck. That airport, at least Terminal Four, blows. Piece of crap. And there's too many uh, flights out of there, to, uh, like uh, Kingston and uh, San Juan. I mean, who the hell wants to go to Kingston, man? Huh? Unless you're going over there to get some uh, good stuff. Who, who wants good to go machine? to Jamaica, man? Like on Squeal of Fortune, they keep giving these trips to the Bahamas. They ought to like uh, punch Pat Sajak right in the face when he tells them that. Bahamas, my ass, man. Jamaica, my ass. Jamaica, your ass, what? Hey, don't you remember that song by Harry Belafonte? Jamaica, comma, farewell. Yeah. Jamaica, my ass, twitch. Pat Robertson feels the wrath. Writes Ellis Hennigan in News there. I better uh, do the break first. And we might actually uh, sneak in a couple more calls between now and two. I wouldn't. I wouldn't make a lot of big bet on it. Would you? No, no long-term plans. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be like uh, wagering more than double digits. Certainly not triple. On how many more calls we'll take this hour? It's Friday the thirteenth, and you people are under a lot of stress. Even the lunatics out there are having a really tough time of life today. I understand. Um, I might have some more suggestions for this poll, though. I thought, again, I thought we had a pretty good week's worth of polls. The audience didn't like any of them. Oh, and you should put "I hate this poll" on there too. We will. Yeah, as soon as Josh gets through talking to Todd Kelleher. Hey, Todd! You fairy! By the way, that was real bad of you, Josh. What? Trying to blame it on Todd. He was just joking. Well, who the hell was it? No, it was Todd that was in here, but uh, he wasn't anywhere near the button. No, I heard Todd came in there and opened it up. That's what he he wants some more airtime. And then he said duty. Yeah. Well, why does he say that on Mo's show? Go in there and uh, punch the old button. Um, Or just punch the old coot in the face. Anyway, finally, a TV experience like no other. Comcast Digital Cable with on-demand is easy to use, has lots to love. And today you can try it for just $29.99 a month for four months. Why is TV so much better with on-demand? For starters, you can watch a wide variety of movies and shows whenever you want. It's a revolutionary new way to enjoy TV. On-demand is a library of thousands of programs ready to start when you say so. With programming including free movies, kid shows, music videos, cooking shows, sports, home improvement shows, guitar lessons, and so much more, you'll always have something good to watch right when you want to watch it. And boy, i got a splitting headache. And let's not forget about control. With on-demand, you can start, stop, pause, rewind, and fast-forward programs using that remote control. And you can't get all this with satellite. With up to 250 channels plus on-demand, you can go to your own TV schedule. What's not to like? And best of all, on-demand is free with Comcast Digital Cable. So pick your showtime, sit back, and you wonder how you ever manage without it. Call today and order Comcast Digital Cable and HBO and the power of on-demand for just $29.99 a month for four months. In Dade, call 305-COMCAST. In Broward, 954-COMCAST. Call for details. Certain restrictions apply. Again, those numbers in Dade, 305-COMCAST. And in Broward, 954-COMCAST. Be sure and tell them that Todd Dreck or Todd Kelleher told you to call. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. QAM weather fairy Bill Cabal. And they don't come any better than Todd Keller. How well everybody's heard about the bird. The
Okay, I want to get a little bit of that on again. Of each. <laughs> I love it. Each of these things. 118 at 560 WQM as John Jarris kills Neil Rogers right on the radio. I guess he doesn't want me to make it to my 30th. That's what it is. You know, people feign trying... ignorance all the time, but you've only ever been consistent, maybe more consistent about that than anything else you've ever been about. Yeah. About don't send me crap. Don't give me candy. Don't bring it around me. And especially in the middle of the show, you see, when you're when you're eating under stress. First of all, even if you're not diabetic, you should never eat in stress situations because it really tears your kishkis up. But when you're diabetic, it, it it sends your sugar soaring, you know. And the last thing yeah. in the world I would think of doing would be eating some any any kind of carbs during the middle of the show. I'd have to be a maniac to do that. Which is another reason that not being there is such a blessing, a blessing, a bracha, a mitzvah. Because uh, you saw a number of times there that they would, you know, first oh. you go, you try to walk into the studio out there on, the, on that table, there'd be all these bagels or donuts. Or, yeah, it, it's like a minefield, man. Uh -huh. A minefield for fat people and diabetics, people trying to stay alive. And you try to turn people away and they yell at you like, get out of my way. I'm right. mission here. That's right. So I don't have that impediment. But now that I got, and, and I, the only reason I went down there, and you know this, is because usually on Friday, one of the new discs That's shows right. up every Friday. And so I thought, well, that'll be kind of fun because uh, the calls suck really, really bad today. So I'll, you know, I'll play some new stuff and get a few yucks on uh, Friday the 13th. And come to find out, no, it's a package. And that's not exactly the package I had in mind either. Believe you me. A package from hell. A package from Auschwitz. You're right, a package from hell down here. package from Purgatory. A package from Treblinka. Speaking of uh, Nazis, Pat Robertson feels the wrath writes Ellis Hennigan in Newsday. He says he must have been rattled by the recent weird weather. <coughs> Maybe the Reverend Pat Robertson figured hell was finally freezing over. What else could possibly explain the headstrong televangelist apologizing to the family of stricken Israeli Prime Minister Ariel Sharon? Robertson has said some jaw-dropping stuff over the past couple of years, that the U.S. government should assassinate the president of Venezuela, that God should take the lives of a Supreme Court justice or two, that feminists and gays caused 9-11. But never until now has the cold-hearted Godcasters anything like, I'm sorry. Godcaster, I like that. Robertson's latest stink bomb came last Thursday. The wacky reverend was his, in his state-of-the-art studio at the Christian Broadcasting Network, hosting his popular 700 Club. That's when he looked in the camera and issued a stunning medical and theological diagnosis of the 77-year-old Sharon who had just been struck with a massive stroke and was barely clinging to life. God was angry, Robertson revealed, and he gave the Israeli Prime Minister that stroke. A real Old Testament smiting. How did Robertson know this? Why did God choose to tell him? And what did this upsetting news say about all the other people around the world who've been stricken with strokes, heart attacks, cancer, and other serious ailments, or fell down the stairs and died? Was God smiting them, too? What set off God, according to Robertson, was Sharon's decision to evict Israeli settlers from the Gaza Strip. Apparently, the Almighty doesn't think the Palestinians deserve a homeland, too. God has enmity against those who divide my land, Robertson said. God says, this land belongs to me. You better leave it alone. Sharon was driving, dividing God's land. So, pow! God reacted swiftly with that life-threatening eruption in the Prime Minister's brain. Can't you just hear the God, God singing, this land is my land? Remember that? Right. Da, 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 da. Who's that? New Christy Minstrels? Was it? Yeah. He made us sing that in school. Whoa, how sad. No wonder. That explains a lot. Sharon's long-distance diagnosis was met with a predictable reaction. 
widespread derision across political lines. Social, several conservative Christian leaders immediately disavowed Robertson's remarks. Even President Bush, a longtime Robertson ally, put out a statement distancing himself. And yesterday, Robertson's assistants in Virginia Beach agreed the critics had a point. The apology took the form of a letter to Sharon's son, Omri. It was addressed to Hadassah Hospital in Jerusalem, where the Prime Minister still lies critically ill. Polishing for Homentage. I ask your forgiveness and the forgiveness of the people of Israel for remarks I made at the time concerning the writing of the Holy Prophet Joel and his view of the inviolate nature of the land of Israel, Robertson wrote. My zeal, my love of Israel, and my concern for the future safety of your nation led me to make remarks which I can now view in retrospect as inappropriate and insensitive in light of a national grief experience because of your father's illness. The contrite clergyman went on. Apparently, was the problem he apparently the problem was he loved Israel too much. So what changed? Did Robertson truly feel bad? Did his fellow evangelicals pressure him? Perhaps that played a role. But according to Max Blumenthal, who investigates the religious right for the Nation magazine and knows this territory better than any journalist alive, something else could be at play as well. At play. It turns out that Robertson's bank account, not just his soul, was on the line. What I tell you? It's bad for business. The comments had created a huge uproar in Israel. Outrageous was the word that Daniel Ayalon, Israel's ambassador to Washington, used. The anger was so intense the nation's tourism ministry took the unusual step of expelling Robertson from a group of evangelical Christians who are developing a Holy Land theme park in Galilee. It was a $50 million deal, 125 acres near the Sea of Galilee, close to the spot where Jesus is said to have walked on water and fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. And Robertson's big mouth wanted just small portions. And Robertson's big mouth had talked him out of the money. No one could say last night if Robertson's apology will talk him back in, but this much was certain, hell will really have to freeze over before the motor-mouth minister apologizes again. That's what I tell you. Bad for business, man. That's what it's all about. Diamond mines in Liberia. Just another crook. Just another uh, God Squad crook. Just like all these religionists. They're all a bunch of uh, grave robbers, man. And all you suckers out there, all you desperados, all you fools, all you lifeless idiots. I have no life. Send them your money. Send them your cash. That's why in our pool, that's uh, right up there near the top. Biggest waste of money. Giving to churches and shuls. 78 is one away from buying faggots. Man. Who the hell does that? WQAM prayer line. Hello. Damn, dog, show you. WQAM, hello. QAM. Neil. Yes, sir. Man, getting a hold of you is like calling the president. Yeah, well, probably easier. N- Neil. Get him. How about this guy that uh, said uh, ter- uh, that Bush is a terrorist? You think he's got a single one eye open now? Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty in the Verizon Singular Wireless line. I told you the chance to take any more calls this hour, mm-hmm. but I never listen. Just like you told me, don't open up that package. WQAM, hello. QAM, nut line. Hey, Neil George is gay. WQAM, hello. Bill I want to date, obviously. WQAM, hello. QAM. Hey, Neil, how are you? Okay. I'm calling you from the West Coast, and I found an interesting article late last night when I was online. I don't know if you had an opportunity to read about it. Uh, the state of Maryland uh, had imposed uh, um, uh, any employer with over 10,000 employees to have 8% of their payroll go towards well, you mean the health about, insurance. Uh, you mean about well, uh, Walmart? That is absolutely correct, sir. Yeah, it's, it's on our website. I don't know if you saw it or not, Neil, but it's... Uh, mm-hmm. 
Maryland Senate overrides veto on Walmart bill. It's in my pile, but unfortunately I haven't been doing my duty today, and I, I really should have. It would have been a much <laughs> better show if I'd have stuck with my agenda instead of having you talk me into taking those calls. I'm sorry. I won't do it again until Monday. As I'll a matter of fact, you won't be doing it to me on Monday. I won't be here. George right. will be on a Monday, and then you can abuse him all you want. Uh, oh, I never got to the Oprah thing with that uh, faker James oh, Fry. damn it. I will, though. i got plenty of time. Maryland lawmakers bucked the will of the state's Republican governor and the nation's largest retailer yesterday, voting to become the first state to effectively require that Walmart spend more on employee health care. In a veto reversal that was closely watched nationally, lawmakers in the Democrat-led General Assembly voted largely along party lines for a measure that legislatures in more than 30 states About 30, man. are considering replicating. Maryland is not a shrinking violet. No far from it, said Senator Gloria Lala. Democrat, a lead sponsor of legislation, which drew strong backing from labor unions and healthcare advocates. Maryland is a leader. Let us light the torch today. Let us lead. So they overrode the governor, the Republican governor's veto, and they said to Walmart, to them. How about that? Hmm. By the way, uh, uh, just, just a little insight over the weekend, even though I do have Monday off. I'll, I'll be sending the stories. Oh, good. I'm sure Josh is pleased about that, because even though a couple of days ago I sent him about 800, and I apologize profusely, because I got carried away. Yeah, you did. Too many. Huh? Well, but, no, but generally great. speaking, if I, have George, if I have George do it, it's going to be like you're going to get like 200. You won't have time to leave the house. And I like it that way. Yeah. I like he He's busy in the house anyway. You don't have to leave the house. It's true. 27 past one. Well, when he comes up for oxygen, he can put a couple stories on there. What hey, resolve your sleep. Speaking of that, speaking of activity in the sack, resolve yourself to a better night's sleep in 2006 by calling 1-800-MATTRESS right now. I think I'm having a heart attack. Just a joke. Wouldn't that be something if I croaked on the air and John Jarris would like for the rest of his life? Oh, gee, what? I said to my candy. Yeah. God is going to punish you, Jarris, you Nazi. Nothing's got a bigger impact on your daily health, well-being, and productivity than getting a good night's sleep. And you can get one as soon as tonight if you call Dial a Mattress right now, 1-800-MATTRESS. By the way, remember bring any food by or not? <laughs> if your mattress is more than 10 years old or it's noticeably sagging or lumpy, it's time for a brand new one. Choose from the complete line of Sealy, Inserta, Simmons, King Coral, Tempur-Pedic, and Stearns, and Foster. Dollar Mattress takes same-day orders all day long from Kendall to Stewart, from Palm Beach to Fort Myers. And you still pick the date and two-hour delivery window that's convenient for you when you want that mattress delivered. And they show up on time 99.7% of the time. I've been using Dollar Mattress for years, and if you're a smart shopper, you'll do the same. So start the new year off with a great new mattress from Dollar Mattress. Don't put off getting a better night's sleep one more minute. Pick up that instrument right now. Give them a call toll-free, 1-800-MATTRESS, or log on to their website and do your shopping right there at mattress.com. Dial a mattress, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. Leave off the last as because it stands for sugar. This Daddy? is Neil Rogers. This is 516. I'm dying out here. You bastard. <laughs> From Bear Cat Mountain to Cowpoke Captain Chat. There's not much strange about them outside their garter straps. Way back then in the Christian West, rednecks were gay as today. Yeah. With man's legs wrapped around them, taste wheel with cowboy pride. The bullets fly from the guns they shoot Double-fisted fun There's been other gay cowboys too John Wayne was Marion The 
His name was Marion. You fair from Fairfax Mountain to pretty cowboy guys. On saddle they come mountain with a mouth from Astro you fairy. 2702 at uh, QAM. we got Mo Meister coming up at 2. Mad Dog at Hooters in the Pines at 4. Curtis Stevenson at 7. After that, uh, watch TV or go out and have a good time. The Man Who Caught Oprah. This is on the smokinggun.com where they exposed this a faker, this James Fry. Good. Oprah Winfrey's been had. Three months ago, in what the talk show host termed a radical departure, Winfrey announced that a million little pieces off of James Fry's nonfiction memoir of his vomit-caked years as an alcoholic, drug addict, and criminal, vomit-caked years, was her latest selection for the world's most powerful book club. All those silly-ass women out there who think that Oprah knows a crap. And she does. Oprah knows crap. And on October 26th, show entitled The Man Who Kept Oprah Awake at Night, Winfrey hailed Fry's graphic and coarse book as like nothing you've ever read before. Everybody at Harper was reading it. When we st- were staying up late at night reading it, we come in the next morning saying, What page are you on? In emotional-filled testimonials, employees of Winfrey's Harpo Productions lauded the book as revelatory, with some choking back tears. When the camera then returned to a damp-eyed Winfrey, she said, I'm crying because these are all my Harpo family, so we all love the book so much. But a six-week investigation by the smoking gun reveals that there may be a lot less to love about Fry's runaway hit, which has sold more than three and a half million copies, and thanks to Winfrey, has sat atop the New York Times nonfiction paperback bestseller list for the past 15 weeks. Next to the latest Harry Potter title, Nielsen Bookscan reported Friday, Fry's book has sold more copies in the U.S. in 2005, 1.77 million, than any other title, with a majority of that total coming after Winfrey's selection. All those goose steppers out there. Oprah says, go to the edge of the cliff and stick your finger deep inside your ass and have a good time. And all these women, millions of women, go to the edge of the cliff and stick their finger in each other's. Police reports, court records, interviews with law enforcement personnel, and other sources have put the lie to many key sections of Fry's book. This is a very long story. I believe I put it on the website. Or maybe I didn't because it's too long. I don't know. The 36-year-old author, these documents and interviews show wholly fabricated or wildly embellished details of his purported criminal career, jail terms and status as an outlaw wanted in three states. By the way, Josh, speaking of that, just like that New York Times series on diabetes, I would have linked that, except you, it was very, very long. Can't we just put links to some of these that are extremely long without having to put the whole damn thing on there like uh, in that other form? Well, we could, but what, what's the point? You, you want the point to go, is what, you want them to go to your site to read it. Like, you don't want to have them click, you know. So, in other words, if I have a story that's like six pages long that you don't what mind... What difference uh, does it make? Huh? What difference does it make? No difference to you. In other words, it's no more work for you? I mean, it is, but it's not, you know, you're talking about an extra 30 seconds. Oh, that's all? To a minute. About 30 minutes. Well, like I said, in that case, you just wait till this weekend. <laughs> and it is. <laughs> you thought that George was out of control. This candy bar, once my sugar hits 400, I'm starting to tap out stories that haven't been written yet. I'm linking it. <laughs> in addition to these rap sheet creations, Fry also invented a role for himself in a deadly train accident that cost the lives of two female high school students. In what may be his book's most crass flight from reality, Fry remarkably appropriates and manipulates details of the incident so he can falsely portray himself as the tragedy's third victim. It's a cynical and offensive ploy that's left one of the victim's parents bewildered. As far as I know, he had nothing to do with the accident, said the mother of one of the dead girls. I figured he was taking license. He's a writer, you know. They don't tell everything that's factual and true. 
Fry appears to have fictionalized his past to propel and sweeten the book's already melodramatic narrative and help convince readers of his malevolence. I was a bad guy, Fry told Renfrey. If I was going to write a book that was true and I was going to write a book that was honest, then I was going to have to write about myself in very negative ways. That's repeatedly apparent in his memoir, which announces, I'm an alcoholic and I'm a drug addict and I'm a criminal. It's an incantation he repeats eight times during the book, always making sure to capitalize the C in criminal. But he has demonstrably fabricated key parts of the book, which could and probably should cause a discerning reader, and Winfrey has ushered millions of them Fry's way, to wonder what is true in A Million Little Pieces and its sequel, My Friend Leonard. When the smoking gun confronted him last Friday with our findings, Fry refused to address the significant conflicts we discovered between his published accounts and those contained in various police reports. When we suggested that he might owe millions of readers and Winfrey fans an explanation for these discrepancies, Fry, now a publishing powerhouse, replied, there's nothing at this point can come out of this conversation that is good for me. And it goes on and on. It goes on at length. If I read the whole thing, you'd be in a coma. I'll just have uh, Josh put it on there, the whole book. All right. Oh, here's one. That I just want to make sure I get all the ones in there very important because you wasted all my time with those great calls. That's right. Like, like line nine. Why would you punch up line nine? What would be the point? Hello, Neil. Who I am? Hello, Neil. Yes. Hi, I'm a long-time listener. I uh, moved up to Charlotte, North Carolina, so I listen to you on your podcast, and uh, thank you for putting right. that up on the website. All right. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I'm curious, at some point, if you could just list how many people download that in a given day. That'd be interesting. Um, over a thousand. Really? Yeah. I mean, you mean listen to the audio from the show over a thousand, about 1,100, 1,200? That's great. It just means that I'm always a, a day late and a dollar short, so I don't know what we're talking about today, but you had mentioned earlier this week you were asking for people who are listening to Howard on Sirius, and I do have Sirius, and I listened to him a little bit, and um, it's uh, he made a big deal all the time that he had to sit and read, you know, live commercials, and he's mm-hmm. still doing that. Yeah. They, they have to fill in time where there used to be commercials while they're, you know, getting their acts together with whatever the next bit he's doing, and they'll spin records. And he used to sit and, you know, pontificate that he revolutionized radio and, you know, people are sitting around spinning records while he's inventing stuff. And he goes back to doing what? Spinning yeah. records. Save your so, money, man. Save your money. I think so. I'll, I'll stick to the free uh, podcast on neilrogers.com. Okay, pal. Have a great life. Okay. Thank you. See you. So let me ask you, remember coming with that lunch yet or what? Oh, yeah. You're I such a cheapskate, remember? You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Seriously. This idea that people think it's cute and it's funny to make a reputation as being a cheapskate. And as a matter yeah. of fact, I think it was the book that Boca Brian gave me, the one about the voiceover guy, Paul Fry, right, from uh, Bullwinkle. Uh, Jack Benny, on his show, it was that, that was his image. That was just shtick, mm-hmm. you know, about being really cheap, and, right. uh, and they made a lot of jokes about that. But in real life, he was very generous, and that's what Paul Fry wrote anyway. All the people that worked with him were generous to a fault. Good. So it's one thing if it's just an act and if it's just part of shtick. It's another thing to be really a cheapskate and always looking for a handout. You know when, what I'm saying? I'm not thinking of anybody specific, but... This is Neil Rogers. This is 562 AM. Bring up and dig the deep into a nostril for and green. Rectum. Oh, she's a nose picker. She's digging down. Don't flick it at me. Uh, her thing is mine. Now I understand she's a nose picker. It's big and deep. But can you see the end of her finger? Now I understand she's a nose picker. Give me the creepy. She's always making me sick. I can't believe. Take it, girl. Go ahead, take it. It's on a sleeve. It's your girl. You know it's good. I'm gonna heal. Take it, girl. Your nose picker. 
brings to mind a question that everybody's asking all around North America. What can Brown do for you? <laughs> 145. You know, I'm thinking about that John Jarrett thing now. Stop and think. Who is, whose uh, regime was he a part of for many, many years? Right. Greg Reed. And even yeah. though Greg called here uh, last week and gave that s- sorrowful farewell and thanks for the wonderful job and bada beep, bada boop, bada bop, all the other lies as usual. Uh, in spite of that, maybe this was like uh, kind of an assassination attempt. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like kind of a be. parting shot. Maybe it's Pison. Kill him with candy. Yeah, well, I don't think so. My sugar's actually down to 307. Down to oh. 307? That's not good. But it, it's, in other words, it's peaked and now it's leveling off. And I might live through the afternoon, but I doubt it. Germany's cannibal back on trial for eating Internet volunteer. Oh, jeez. I wonder if he ate him with relish. The retrial of a German self-confessed cannibal has begun with prosecutors seeking a murder conviction for the man who killed an eight, an apparently willing victim he met on an extreme fetishism website. Remember that story? In a lurid case that has shocked the country, Armin Muse was back in the dock after a federal judge dismissed a January 2004 verdict of manslaughter and an eight-and-a-half-year prison sentence is too lenient. The regional court in Frankfurt, which, by the way, is a horrible place, must now determine whether Muse committed murder despite the victim's purported death wish. Frankfurt is nothing but a bunch of schleppers. Illegal aliens. Cannibalism in itself is not outlawed in Germany. But if it can be proven that Muse, 44, killed to satisfy sexual desire or to commit another crime, in this case disturbing the peace of the dead, he could face life in prison. Oh, there's nothing worse than disturbing the peace of the dead. I know that it takes forever to get back to sleep, then. Muse, wearing a dark suit and a black dress shirt and looking thinner than when he was first convicted, was led in the courtroom in handcuffs. He greeted his three-member... What? He hasn't been eaten. Of course he's thinner. He greeted his three-member legal team with a broad smile and handshakes, cheerfully answered basic questions from the judge, then listened impassively as prosecutor Marcus Kohler made his opening statement. The defendant stands accused of murder for sexual ratification, Kohler told the three-judge panel, before describing the grisly events of a night in March 2001 in which Muse, a computer technician, captured on videotape. A 43-year-old Berlin engineer, Bernd Jürgen Brandis, met Muse after replying to an Internet ad for a young, well-built man ages 18 to 30 for slaughter. Bernd Jürgen. Bernd Brandis. He was one of more than 200 people who replied to the ad. Brandis, who had a will, bought a one-way rail ticket to Muse Storybook hometown of Rottenburg, where his host picked him up at the station and took him to his rambling, half-timbered farmhouse. The two men had sex, and after Brandis down sleeping pills and whiskey, Muse cut off the man's penis, which they planned to eat together, but found it was incredible even when fried. Oh, inedible. Not incredible, I inedible. See. And after a while, Brandis became unconscious. Driven by sexual lust, he laid him on a bench to be slaughtered, Kohler said. Muse stabbed Brandis in the neck and hung his body from a hook on the ceiling of his kitchen. He dissected the corpse, slicing off 30 kilograms About 30, man. and 66 pounds of flesh, which he stored in a freezer. I hope they didn't have my candy bar in there. He later ate two-thirds of it off with accompaniments such as a pepper sauce or a wine sauce and potatoes. And maybe a nice Chianti, too. The case didn't come to light until an Austrian student spotted another Internet ad by Muse seeking new victims and alerted the police. It blew open the lid on an underground scene of sex and extreme sadomasochism that the defendant told investigators is thriving. Defense attorneys from Muse will take the stand at the next hearing on Monday, told the court their client had fulfilled a shared desire. This unprecedented act in German legal history should be judged as killing on demand, defense attorney Joachim Bremer said, a crime that is punishable by a maximum five years in prison. Herr Brandes insisted on being castrated and killed as soon as he was unconscious, he said, adding that Brandes had refused medical help he was offered uh, uh, after his penis had been amputated. 
Two psychiatric experts have certified that Muse is legally sane and criminally accountable for his actions. State prosecutors argue that it is crucial the justice system ensure that a highly dangerous defendant is not eligible for release as early as 2008. A verdict is expected in March. Ahead of the trial, Muse filed a request with the U.S. and German courts for an injunction to block the release of a Hollywood film he claims is based on this case, saying the movie could prejudice his retrial. Muse is reportedly working with a television production company on a documentary about his life and probably will be on Oprah pretty soon. Wouldn't surprise me. With a great new diet. And all you women out there, just run and buy the book. Buy the book. Buy the products. Buy the book. Look what it did for that guy, that, uh, that dead guy. What that was that uh, herbal life? Oh, yeah. Uh, what that was his name again? Well, with the I big, don't know. Big head of glossy, uh, dark, slick black hair. Wasn't his name Herb? Herbal life. Herbal life. In this case, herbal death. Maybe he took too many of the products, although I think he died from Coke. But never That's a good product. <laughs> oh, that's what Noel Bush says. Ain't nothing like it. She says things go better with Coke. What's the biggest waste of money? That's our poll question today and for the weekend. 427 votes. That's not too, uh, it's okay. Not sensational. We put the new one on, what, a little afternoon? Right yeah. at noon. Right. Giving to churches and shows, et cetera, 100. Don't do it this weekend. When it comes passing the plate around, spit in it. Put some doo-doo in it. Anything. In fact, if you got dogs or cats, uh, take, take some specimens to a uh, shoulder church this weekend. Yeah, and drop a little something in the plate. Uh, buying cigarettes, 99. That's, that's the two-horse race right there. I, and you know something? I see a lot of similarity there. People are addicted to uh, nicotine. People right. are addicted to religion. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a crutch. Just like cigarettes, the smoking faggots, same thing. A crutch for weak people. Same thing with church. Gambling, 56. Now, there's something, as in Q, 56. You're home of degenerate gamblers, and we're proud of it, and losing our ass, and we don't care. Expensive watches, 37. I mean, you know, a lot of people, they spend like 10 grand for a watch, and then they leave it in the house because they wouldn't dare wear it outside. Yeah, that that serves an important function, though, so, so the muggers know who to get and leave the rest of us alone. Right, that's a good point. Getting married, 23. Expensive car, 23. Having kids, 17. Buying designer clothing, 16. Giving to charity, 16. Extended warranties, 15. Uh, eating all your meals out, 14. Hank. Sending kids to private schools, 5. Buying health or natural foods, 4. And it, well, I didn't want to go into it. You know, you know where that's, that's going. Uh-huh. And they obviously don't, though. They think that's really good stuff. Expensive restaurants, too. So, our, you know, we got a crowd that's a cut above. And maybe that's why we got all those restaurant sponsors on the show. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. It's day oh! in Miami Town. Yes. At 560 WQAM. Some things in awful place, they can really make you mad. I just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's grizzle, that grumble, give a whistle. And this'll help things turn out for the best. And always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. I'm dying over here. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you forgot. And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. <laughs> when you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle, catch the thing. Oi! Ain't always look on the bright side of life. 
is quite absurd. And yet, final word, you must always face the curtain with a bag. Look at a bag of sin, give the audience a grin. Enjoy it, it's your last chance to the end. So always look on the bright side of death. You fail. Life's a piece of sh** when you look at it. Life's a laugh, but death's a joke, it's true. You'll see it's all a show, keep on laughing as you go. Just remember that the last laugh is on you. And always look on the bright side of life. This is WQAM Weather Fairy Bill Cabal, and they don't come any better than Todd Keller. Bye, bye, bye! <laughs>